You are listening to an MLGA Network podcast. Welcome to Thank You for Your Servers, a show which looks at the tech news of today, but from a libertarian perspective. Now here are your hosts, Thaddeus and Gary. Thank you for logging in to Thank You for Your Servers. I am Thaddeus Preston, a.k.a. Nick Way. Joining me today is not only my man, Gary Guthrie. How you hey, doing, doing good. But without further ado, we promised you, and he is here, Joshua Ferguson. Welcome to Thank You for Your Servers. How you doing, brother? I'm all right. Thank you for having me. Cool. So, as we say all the time, this is our semi-almost weekly rant about the tech topics from a liberty perspective. And boy, do we have a barn burner for you! So, I don't know how to. I don't know how we should start this. Should we go by? I don't know, Josh. Man, introduce yourself, Joshua. Introduce yourself. Who are you? Why are you on my show? Okay, so I'll take those in order. My name is Joshua Ferguson. I am a let's say. Chronic malcontent, my little city of Fullerton, California, basically means I like to give the city hell over various things they do incompetently politically, usually budget-wise and other things. Uh, uh, Husband, father of three kids, uh, now unemployed over to the issue, owing to the issue we'll talk about in a minute. I am on your show because from a liberty perspective on technology, I am being sued by the city of Fullerton for allegedly clicking the wrong links. I'm not even exaggerating that. Under the 1986 Computer Fraud and Abuse Act, which is a federal law, specifically the civil provisions of that, and the city is alleging that I exceeded authorized access to their Dropbox account and um, ergo hacked their system. So, And the key word there being hacked their system, which is a... Um a great, a gross misrepresentation of what there's, there's, happened according to what I've read. Yeah, there's specific requirements that have to be met for hacking, quote unquote, to be qualified. Correct. Cor- correct. So the city's suing me under the civil provisions of both the federal and the, the federal law, the CFAA, and the state California state version of that. And those laws are different slightly. Now, the hacking of the federal law you have to bypass a computer network. You have to actually get past some sort of server system. Some, some, some configured um, barriers. Correct. You have to get past something to do it. Okay. The state law has a, has a provision in it for bypassing um, files, like data, like getting to data that you're not authorized to. So the problem with the, the CFAA, the, what, what the city is actually saying, and I'll lay out the, the, the case from the city's perspective. So this isn't me saying like, this is what we did or whatever else or what we allegedly did or whatever. This is what the city is alleging what we did. The city is alleging that they themselves used a Dropbox business account and they created a URL off their own website that was cityoffullerton.com slash outbox. And if you knew of that URL, now I don't know if it, I don't know if it was actually linked from their site anywhere, but if you knew about that URL or you just typed it in your browser or had it bookmarked, it would redirect to their Dropbox account and their Dropbox directory, the main directory, and would show you anything they'd uploaded there. 
Now, they were using that as a catch-all for, for disseminating public records requests. So if you wanted to know how much money did the Parks Department spend on Project X, and you put a public records request in, and they fulfilled that, they might put that data onto Dropbox. And they might put that under your name, Gary, let's say. And then Thaddeus puts in a records request, and he says, I want all the information on doesn't matter topic why and they say okay well here's Thaddeus's records request they would put they might put that on there as well especially if it was a lot of large files you know a lot of or, or a bunch of different files so they didn't have to email them to you individually what they're claiming the city is claiming that I went to this Dropbox account and I clicked on links on their Dropbox account and that's hacking because they didn't specifically tell me I could click on each of those links now, originally, what happened was the city got a temporary restraining order. They went to the court, Superior Court of California, and they got a restraining order stopping the blog, Friends for Fullerton's Future. It's a blog for which I write. Myself, the blog, and my uh, friend David, they got a restraining order against us from publishing, disseminating, dis or destroying any data that allegedly came from this Dropbox account. Again, under the argument that if we clicked on a link on their Dropbox account, we were hacking. Now, pretty easy to hack these days, yeah, huh? Yeah, so their Dropbox account originally that TRO, that temporary restraining order, had about 50 files in it and that they restrained us from. Now, all but 19 of them, they've now admitted were actually public records. So the city actually got a restraining order stopping us from being able to legally publish public records. Like that's how, that's how quickly and egregiously they ran at this. That's how bad of a First Amendment issue this is. From a technology standpoint, they actually went on there, they actually went to the court and said that we pub the blog published files that came out of the, allegedly came out of this Dropbox link, this Dropbox zip file of uh, PST files or Outlook files, email files. And they're claiming that the blog published things that came out of this file and we weren't supposed to have these files, so we must have hacked them. And we hacked them because we weren't supposed to have them. That's sort of their whole argument. We exceeded access because they didn't tell us we could have it. Now, here's the, the hilarious part. This, it, 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 it's great. If you were to go to city, if, if I had done this, if I had allegedly gone to cityofflorton.com slash outbox, the file that they're so mad about was actually titled PRR for public records request 1919, which was their internal numbering system, dash Josh Ferguson dot zip. <laughs> so the city is actually one of their biggest arguments is that I went on their website and clicked a link up with my name on it. But because they didn't expressly tell me I could do that, I exceeded authorized access to their account and ergo hacked their hacked their site. Now, if you take that to its logical conclusion, if the city were to win this, like if we fought this all the way to the Supreme Court and the city won on the merits of that argument, it would break the internet. Because that means if you went to like my, my podcast page, I really struggle, and I said, oh, hey, come to, come to the page, check it out, check out our site, and you click the about me section without me telling you you could, I could sue you under the civil Absolutely. provisions of the CFAA. Absolutely. Wow. So that's my that, God. That's, yeah, yeah, that's, the that's... that's the broad strokes of it. Now, <laughs> they've actually had... They had a computer expert come in, uh, look at their stuff. From what we see, the city deleted their Dropbox account, we believe, which means we couldn't even challenge the evidence if we wanted to because it looks like there there is no evidence to, to question. They, they've deleted the Dropbox. Uh, they brought a technology expert in from, uh, we, we brought somebody in to counteract that that was recommended from the EFF, um, Electronic Freedom Foundation. The EFF has actually written an amicus brief on our behalf, which was just approved by the court. They just accepted it on they Friday. Did. Yes, okay. they just accepted it on Friday. Uh, we also had the Reporters Committee for Freedom of the Press file an amicus brief, which was approved at, at the appellate court. And then the League of California Cities filed one on behalf of the city. 
Now, for those of you in California that might be listening, that means that your city likely pays dues to this organization. It's called the League of California, League of California Cities. And it's a lobbying group for cities that cities pay about 40000 or so or however much money. It's different for different cities to be a member of. They just filed a brief on behalf of the city calling us hackers and thieves and what have you. So every city now is involved in some small token in this lawsuit against us. So this thing has fingers. I mean, it's it's spreading oh, yeah. widely. I mean, at the local level and also at the federal. Mostly it's local. <coughs> uh, okay, so it, it's using a federal law, but it's following in the footsteps of what California's Attorney General Javier Becerra is doing. So there's a story from earlier in the year where some journalists up north had requested files from the state from this, I don't know what agency it was, but from an agency about all cops that had, <coughs> had criminal convictions and the agency gave it to them. And everyone's like, holy crap, that never happens. Like we're, we're never allowed to know when cops are, are criminals. And they, they gave it to them. And then the city, then the state said, oh, you can't have that. So Becerra, our attorney general, uh, threatened to sue the journalists for having that record because they weren't entitled to it, even though it had been given to them by the government. Now, to get around that, about 30 news organizations, the LA Times, Orange County Register, a bunch of others, all published their story as a middle finger to Becerra saying, if you're going to sue them, now you have to sue all of us. So that would mean he'd have to go up against the Sacramento Bee, like all the big guys, big guns in the state in, in the journalism world. But what Becerra did saying, oh, we gave this to you by accident. You shouldn't have it. Now you're a criminal is exactly what my city is saying about us. We, we, we put these files online we shouldn't have and because you may have accessed them you're a criminal it gets it gets stupid in a few ways because the city when if, if you have a server or a site or what have you and you have user data if private data is breached in california it's the same in a lot of states but if private data is breached you have to do a, a audit security audit of your of your system right. you have to report it to the state and you have to yep. notify whose data was breached and what was breached yep okay so the city, by, by suing us and admitting this, has royally screwed themselves because now everybody whose data was breached is now able to sue them for a breach of data Correct. in a class action. Yep. Now, the, now, what's funny is the blog hasn't, hasn't published anything like that, and I don't believe the blog ever would because the blog's a bunch of malcontents. They're not monsters. Like they're not going to publish people's private health information or social security and everything like that. But the city's claiming that, that the, whoever has these files, myself, David, uh, the blog, and John Doe's 1 through 20, um, they're claiming that we have social security information, we have medical records, etc. Now, the medical records one is funny because the city, this is at least I think it's funny, the city put these files on Dropbox to have HIPAA files, health, 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 and health files through the federal law. To have those on Dropbox, you have to have a, a Dropbox uh, business account or Dropbox. I don't know what's called BCA or something. There's a specific account you have to have a Dropbox. You have to authorize it with Dropbox and have certain security procedures and certain things uh, set up. Password protection, authorized access, all that. The city didn't seem, doesn't seem to have had that, which means that Correct. the city violated Dropbox's use by putting HIPAA files on their system to begin with, which means the city, by their own argument, violated the CFAA, the very law they're charging, they're, they're saying I violated by accessing what they shouldn't have put there to begin with. The city sounds like it just, I don't know. It, it, it just sounds like a bunch of, I, I don't want to say. I do. It's a bunch of CIA. It's a bunch of CYA. <laughs> it is. I mean, basically. I mean, clearly they, they wouldn't be, they wouldn't be trying to, <clears throat> exactly. to bury you guys. 
if they weren't trying to protect themselves. So I, I actually think it's worse than that. So the, the sort of fuller story on this beyond just their lawsuit against us is that is the timing of this lawsuit. So back in November of 2016, Fullerton city manager Joe Fells got into a, a wet and reckless uh, accident. He ran over a tree. And the city, the police did not do a breathalyzer. They waited an hour to do a field sobriety test, and they gave him a ride home. They just didn't even slap him on the wrist. He's right. gave him a ride home. Right. The blog, Friends for Fullerton's Future, which had been dormant for about four years at that time, was brought back with that story by myself. I'm the one who wrote that story. Uh, the city has not been happy with us uh, in, the, in these last few years because of that, but we requested the body cam footage and the uh, dashboard footage of that accident, and the city denied it to us. So that's 2016, okay, November 9th. Skip ahead, January 2nd, 2019, and a new law took effect called California's SB 1421. It's a police transparency law. And I'm sorry this is going to get in the weeds, but I have to sort of explain it. So what it is is that the new law, that previously, under California law, police records were not disclosable almost in any circumstance. Uh, the SB 1421 changed that in three specific categories. If an officer was found to have committed great bodily injury, sexual assault or dishonesty, a sustained finding of dishonesty, which means that the department proved they did something, they lied on a report, they lied under oath or whatever, but sustain, or they lied to a superior even, but a sustained finding of dishonesty. After that city manager got into an accident, somebody who used to be associated with the blog put in a civ civilian complaint against the sergeant who ran that investigation. The city then ran an investigation to that sergeant, found a sustained finding of dishonesty, he falsified his report, uh, lied to his superiors, and they fired him for it. Now, because of that, his records related to that case become public records under SB 1421. Right. Anything they reference, audio, video files, everything, the law is very specific, which means the body cam footage and the dash cam footage becomes public record under SB 1421, okay? So on January 2nd, I requested it again, because now it's a public record, and the city outright denied it. They just broke the law. The only way to get a public record in California is to request it from the government agency, and if the government agency says no, you have to sue them. You have to hire an attorney and you have to sue them. So we did. The blog hired an attorney. We had her on retainer for quite some time, and we sued the city. Now, about a week later or so, the city sued us. So it looks absolutely like retaliatory lawsuit. Now, they sued us. Officially, they tried to sue us on October 24th. They actually took us, got into court because the court couldn't hear them that day on October 25th for allegations of publishing various bad things from June when they sent us a cease and desist letter. They sent us a cease and desist letter, I believe, on June 14th. Pardon me if the dates are wrong. And then a letter to my attorney or our attorney on July 17th, I believe, and then did nothing until October. We sued them. Then they sued us. Was this the, was this the point where you were allegedly asked for the link no so the so these public two, record so these two things are actually completely unrelated basically gotcha. okay. we we've put in a lot of records requests over the years because we're the local malcontents we're the we're the guys who ask about a lot of stuff and so this was just stuff we'd requested and denied we'd requested a bunch of other things uh we requested specific email stuff like keywords from emails trying to narrow down certain issues uh, example, our now former police chief had come from the city of Long Beach and Long Beach kind of found itself embroiled in a scandal because they were using an app called Tiger Text, which allows you to auto delete your messaging. 
which if officers are doing that based on casework or what have you, they are violating public records, violating records law and violating uh, evidence codes by deleting records related to cases, ongoing cases. And so it sort of became an issue. They've really, well, we investigated ourselves and found we did nothing wrong, sort of that one. But because our chief came from there, I put in a record saying, hey, did we have, have they used Tiger Text or have they used Signal or these other apps? And so we just do that. We, we see something, we see something that's wrong, something that doesn't make sense, and we put in a bunch of requests. So the two okay, cases- so it's, so it's, a, it's, it's a history yes. and a record of me and the malcontents. Correct. And I think this, all this is probably a culmination of the fact that you guys have been basically in there chilly for better part of two to three years. Oh, uh, really the block- uh, Really exposing all their- so really the blog for longer than that, because the blog, the, the original founder of the blog actually financed the recall that removed three people from city council back in 2012. So it's been a long time that they've hated anybody associated with this blog. I think the two things, one, our lawsuit against them really, really got in their craw because now we because we will be able to prove what the city did that night uh, with our former city manager and the amount of lies that probably happened because the, the chief, the police of chief, Sorry, the chief of police at the time, a guy named Danny Hughes, is now the VP of security at Disneyland. So the, all these people are all interconnected. <laughs> now, what another thing that kicked off this lawsuit against us, the first thing of contention the city got mad about were two specific cases that the blog wrote about that allegedly came out of these Dropbox files. The first was about an officer by the name of Catherine Hamill, who they had found a sustained finding of dishonesty with her. And they had a second IA investigation on the same th sort of issue, also lying under under some uh, official capacity. And the blog published a draft separation agreement with her where they straight up say that they are going to drop the investigations and remove the sustained finding of dishonesty from her records specifically to not be disclosable under SB 1421. So the city got caught with their hand in the cookie jar, admitting that they're specifically doing something to violate public records law, uh, uh, open records laws. Mm -hmm. and, and the other case that really seemed to really get upset, make, make them upset is we had a former Fullerton resource officer. That's a police officer who's assigned to the local schools. Right. Who okay. was there? There was a body cam a video on, oh yeah yeah and, yeah. And, I, yeah i remember hearing about that, so in that the, in, I, I read specifically well i didn't look at the record i, I because you know plausible deniability and all but no <laughs> just the 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 breakdown of that i'm like that is shady underhanded that is terrible how is that individual allowed how is that individual allowed to have any sort of privacy associated with the fact that how did he and it was a he. Correct. Uh, Officer, Officer Jose Paez, in the video, they say that he had many, many instances of um, high school age, uh, let's say, pornographic images and videos and what have you that had been sent to him in his official capacity as somebody like, like a student, if a student alleged revenge porn or like, hey, look what they're sharing about me. You need to stop this. You need to prosecute them or whatever, that he had those all on his phone. Now, that's a chain of custody problem. They were they never yeah. they never acknowledged if that was his private cell phone or if it, was, if it was his work phone. But he had all this data on his phone that they've never even talked about. They've never acknowledged. He actually got charged with filming up of a, up a 17 year old skirt with his body cam. Now yeah. there's an, incident. that was the one. Yeah. yeah that and, was the one that was like, and they, and they charged him with peeping. 
And so, and it's like this low level thing. I don't even think he's going to end up on a sex registry, like Megan's laws registry. I don't think he's going to end up on that based on what they charge him, if I'm reading it right, but they charge him with, I don't know if it was that or violating the public trust, but some low level thing that they would never charge you or I with if we were doing the, the, the terrible right. shit that he was we'd doing. Be, we'd be hung. Yeah. So that was published by the blog also am amongst a couple other things. And it really did make the city mad because the city's, what people don't realize is that you, every city you live in, regardless of where you live, your city's lying to you. And they're covering, and it's this, I hate to be sort of cliche about it, but it's, it's the deep state problem. The government exists to protect the government, and they are interested in protecting their friends, the people they work with, the people they get lunch with, and they will bury as much as they can. Other things that the blog had published, like there was a story of a, a parks and rec vehicle that had allegedly three people in it at like nine o'clock at night, and they hit somebody and flipped it over. Now, the allegations that were on the street, no, there are no proof of this, but the allegations were that they were either drinking or high after hours and they hit somebody and flipped a vehicle over the city never even ignored the blog published it at the time a picture of this vehicle upside down in the middle of the road the city never acknowledged the vehicle had into an accident they never acknowledged people were terminated they never acknowledged that an insurance payout was made they never acknowledged anything about this this car was then moved to a basically a utility yard until they finally scrapped it out once everything was settled never even acknowledged it so the, so the citizens lost a what twenty thirty thousand dollar vehicle plus insurance claims plus 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 and we weren't even allowed to know that the accident happened. Like yeah. fire, fire department showed up, police department showed up. There was never any official report. And, and when was when, when that was also that? that actually happened about two weeks after the city manager got into his accident. Oh, so 2016. <laughs> and it's that sort of thing. We have a, 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 Cal or a clean natural gas station in Fullerton, uh, CNG station. And allegedly a couple employees were basically over ordering merchandise and chairs and all these different things and then just absconding with it. And they ran such a slop, a, such a sloppy investigation that these people just sort of returned all this stuff under the cover of darkness. Like you could see their vehicle pull up just out of camera and then like, like get into the utility shed and all this stuff miraculously came back and it was allegedly like $50,000 worth of stuff. And they were slapped on the wrist and nobody ever heard about it. Nothing ever came about until the blog published it. And then the city went, how dare you tell people that they're being robbed by their government employees? You know, you must have hacked yeah. our system. I'm like, Re really? They hacked your system. Wow. Now, it's a lot. Yeah, there's a lot here. There's, yeah, a, there's lot. a lot to unpack. Now, the technology side, to, to keep it on the, the theme, is... One thing that I thought was interesting, at least from, from reading all of these declarations, the city's put in 21 declarations. They have an amicus brief on their behalf. They've got all this paperwork and a partridge and a pear tree that they filed against us. My legal bills are about $100,000 at this point. Well, once, once our attorney has to be paid entirely, plus all the ancillary fees we have to pay every, every time we have to respond to something in court that costs money. You don't just walk up to the right. clerk and go, here's my response. You have to right. pay them to give it to them. Every time you have a court reporter, you have to pay for that. So we've been fighting this stuff, and I've been reading all of this paperwork they've been dropping on us, and it's just in just volume, volume, volume of stuff. Yes, please. I want you to go into detail, particularly starting with the, I guess, I guess the what they were throwing around at you, right? So basically, they had done their own type of declaration about the allegations against you, and um, I guess I, uh, is their attorney, is the city's attorney still this? Uh, Kim, Kim Barlow. Barlow. Yeah, that's the city's. That's that she works for the city attorney. Yeah, the, the firm. Okay, all right, and then that, obviously they had put on retainer someone who basically came up with um, all these, I guess, allegations. And basically, when you guys went to this, uh, if I'm saying his name right, uh, John Bammer, Bammer, Bammernick. Uh, Bammer, I can't pronounce his name right now. Uh, yeah, 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 yeah John Bab okay. Babinick, I think. Okay, so, and, and of course, his response be, be his declaration. Um, the one thing that definitely stood out to me that I found shady as well as disingenuous is the fact that he 
the logs. The logs that were supplied, I guess, on behalf of the city showed one thing that he, and this is Mr. Bamarick's declaration, could not replicate configuring a Dropbox business account uh, the same way. Correct. And I found that odd, um, if not straight up disingenuous. Correct. So I guess the first thing I'd want to ask from you is what did the city's declaration by whoever, is, I can't pronounce that guy's last name, um, what did they allege? What did they, what were their findings? And then basically give us the kind of point by counterpoint. What did he, the declaration from uh, Mr. Bamarick, uh, Bamanick, uh to say for all sense and purposes. Okay, so the city's original, so this is funny. So the city's original declaration, I gotta sort of go out of order just for a second. The city's actually had two technology experts. John John Babinek uh, is ours. The city had Matthew Stribe and I think a guy named John Gilbert. And then they had another person okay. who was from a Glassbox, I don't know what the actual company am with, Glassbox Digital or something, but Glassbox. And they were actually another tech expert, but they were specific to the city's. So basically, the city found that these files were on their Dropbox and had been accessed. So the city had to do a, by state law, had to do an audit of their own server. And the company, Correct. Glassbox, that was brought in found that the city's security was so bad that it had to, it was going to take like a month to patch all the problems. And so one of the declarations is by that guy saying, you can't file this lawsuit for 30 days because if somebody finds out how bad our system is, we're screwed. Um, which is funny in its own right, because back in like 2012, Anonymous had hacked the city's website and they've done really nothing to secure it in all that time, in the seven years time. Now, the second of their tech guys was actually hired by this local rag, the Fortune Observer, to verify Matthew Stribe stuff. And he just went, basically looked at what Stribe had put forward, the city's tech guy had put forward, and said, yeah, that looks right. Now, Matthew Stribe's allegations are, are, are interesting in a couple ways. One, yes, to mention his logs, as, as, our, as John Babinick did, he, Matthew Stribe claims in his logs that he can see where people came from. All right, what if they were using pure VPN or they were using Tor or whatever else? Dropbox doesn't tell you that. So that means he pulled the IP address. Basically, it looks like, he, and I can't say this for certain, but it looks like he pulled the logs, put them into like Excel or something, and then used what is my IP or whatever else to look up the IP and how it was being routed and, go, and went and added his own column to show that. So it's like, oh, I put in IP you know, one, 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 one. And that's a pure VPN uses that. So that's a pure VPN user. And this one is a tour user. And this one is this. And he put that in his own column, which Dropbox never would have supplied. So the so it's just made up data. It's data that whether it's made up or not is not original data that would have been supplied by Dropbox. So he was Fair he enough. was creating data and putting it and, and putting it out there as though that was the native file that he got from Dropbox, which if, I, if I'm reading the law right is perjury. Uh, falsification of evidence. Now, what's interesting, so the city's argument is basically this. I have, I allegedly used pure VPN. Okay. And I uh, had Dropbox open in the background because if you use pure VPN, sometimes you're talking to people, sometimes you're not, sometimes you're doing innocuous things. Sometimes you just don't want somebody to, to you want somebody to feel comfortable when you're talking to them. And their argument is that I was using pure VPN while I was logged into my personal Dropbox and I accessed their files because my Dropbox logged into the city's Dropbox, you know, Dropbox saw that activity and I accessed these files. That's their allegation. 
Now, they also see other logins from PureVPN and they say, oh, well, because we know that Mr. Ferguson used PureVPN, everybody else that shows up who used PureVPN is him also. Now, it gets... That's, I, no, no, that's it, it gets, not even logical. It gets better, well, because statistically, <laughs> how many users they have, blah, 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 blah. It gets better than that. They sent a public records request to uh, my, my co-author on the blog, Dave Curley, and they sent a, they, he put in a records request and they responded to it with a Dropbox link. And now in their declarations, they say that he and I work together on records requests. They don't know if we just work together, if we have other people on the blog, because there are anonymous writers, but they say, and there are John Doe's one through 20 they've listed, but they say we work together. But they say that because we sent this email to, to Mr. Curley and somebody using Tor accessed that file relatively quickly after that, we know that that was Mr. Curley. Now, they can't know that because if they think that he and I work together, there's no reason to think that anybody else who we talk to might have access to that email. It's really easy to forward an email. Mm -hmm. But they claim, we sent this email to Mr. Curley somebody with a link. Somebody accessed that link to get to this file using Tor. Ergo, Mr. Curley uses Tor. Ergo, everybody else who's accessed this Dropbox using Tor is Mr. Curley. That's their, that's their argument. But wait, there's more. <laughs> They actually argue that I knew it was not public information because they, I sent an email, I put a request in asking for a bunch of stuff. Uh, one like keywords like oversight or Hamill for the one officer. And they emailed me back and they said, that's a lot. Of, can, can you limit the number of people? That's a lot of people. And then they said, I said, okay, just department heads or whatever. And they said, okay, well, that's still a lot of data. Cause like if, when you look at the word oversight, it's going to bring up like the bicycle subcommittee oversight committee. So you probably don't want that. So can we limit it further? And I was like, I don't know. Let me, let me get back to you. And then they emailed me again and they said, okay, well, this is going to cause, this is like 11,000 emails in this. Some of it's attorney client privilege, et cetera, et cetera. So it's going to cost us $200 an hour for our attorneys to go through this. What do you want us to do? And I said, I'll talk to my attorney. Now, based on that email where they told me that this records request was going to return attorney client data, they're going, aha, that's their Perry Mason moment. Aha. You knew it was attorney-client privilege and you clicked it anyways. Ergo, mens rea, you knew it was wrong. Hacker. Problem. That is from the city, city assistant city clerk's declaration, Mia Klein, that email from May 24th. Mm -hmm. Matthew Strive's declaration claims that I, through pure VPN, access, access that file between May 10th and May 13th. So they're claiming that, that I'm a time traveler and that when they told me on May 24th that I shouldn't access this, that, that this file has private information, that I then had to go back in time and unsee it back in two weeks before that. And all of the posts that they're mad about, all the posts that they reference in their declarations from the blog are almost all written by an anonymous writer named Lonnie Machen. None of them have my name on it. None of them have Dave, Dave Curley's names on them, but they're still claiming that we hacked the system and, and, and. It's, it's really fascinating. And the idea they're saying that even though Tor and VPNs can be used for normal things, they're hackers tools. So if you're using them, then you're a hacker. Yeah, then that is the part that is absurd. So John Babinick, the, the, our, the guy who wrote a declaration on our behalf, he, he mentions that, you know, it, well, two things. One, the Reporters Committee for Human the Press actually talks, in, in their amicus brief, actually talks about how it's standard operating procedure and a best practice for journalists and for other people to use VPNs just from a privacy standpoint and, and encryption and all of those things. But Babinet actually says, that, like, yeah, I use a VPN. Like, when I go overseas and I want to watch my Netflix account, uh, American Netflix is different than Brazilian Netflix or German Netflix, so I could watch that. The city's expert came in and said, well, that's hacking. 
because you're exceeding authorized access of Netflix by utilizing the out-of-country VP uh, Netflix, even though they're ignoring the idea that he pays for U.S. Netflix. Right. So the right. idea that he wants the to only, walk into the, his Netflix. Yeah, the only the only place where I could see... Their where is that written in your terms of service? Well, that, that's where I'm going. Is That's the only place where I could see there being any sort of recourses in a private agreement in the in the terms of service with your Netflix account that you will not do this. But, but the, but the city's argument is that the city's argument is literally, okay. So you put in a records request or let's just say what, what they're alleging about me. They're alleging that I put in a records request. They supplied and, and David did as well. And they supplied records with the URL of city of slash outbox. And they said, Oh, your record is in Hillcrest park, the folder Hillcrest park. That's it. That's the whole email. They're saying, if you went to that URL and you clicked on anything else, even a file with your own name on it, they didn't expressly authorize you to click that. Ergo, you're a hacker. They didn't expressly. Was that expressly put, was that expressly put in the email? No, it doesn't matter if they say, okay, this is the file that you can access. They, if they did not explicitly note that you are not to authorize or you are not authorized or not allowed to access any other thing than what we have specified in this email, that's open shut. Throw it out. It doesn't make any sense. It's correct. And it's, it's, a, it, it, it's it, a lot of paperwork and a lot of taxpayer money wasted for their for the fact that a they screwed up by setting up their Dropbox account they, by the virtue of that violating their terms of service because of the types of records they were keeping on there. And so, yeah, like you were saying, they're st for the CYA purposes of this, oh, crap, that means we've we are, there's HIPAA, there's client oh, you know, attorney-client privilege data, there's all this stuff. We're screwed. We need to, after the fact, say, this must have been unauthorized access. However, there was this huge gap in which um, they got their outside consultant to look at their, oh, yeah, you guys are screwed up, man. Hold off on this for a little bit. Let's patch this up. Then once we're done, like then we can go hard at these guys for clicking on the wrong link. So, so my my thought and what I actually I actually believe is that the city is looking at some liability problems because they've they've put people's data at risk. John Babinek actually put in his declaration, and it looks like gross negligence because in or if you were to yeah. use, if you use Dropbox, Dropbox straight tells you. Uh, the, the, the basis is to only have the file for you and to share it with people you want. Like you have to go out of your way to share it with the world and then to buy, to create your own URL from your site to on your server from your URL and a subdirectory to then redirect. That's multiple, multiple steps. You have to actually go out of your way to do that. That isn't something that you click the wrong button. You have to functionally go to your, the back end of your website go to your URLs, completely unrelated. Site. Yeah, completely unrelated site, go to your website, go to your host, create a subdirectory, and then go to another section in cPanel or whatever you're using to then, then redirect that URL, that the index file or whatever it is, index.php mm -hmm. or whatever, to redirect that to Dropbox, that then you've disabled all security on it. There's no password, there's no nothing. You've disabled all security. It's gross negligence. So the city, I believe, is suing us because if they admit fault, they open themselves to liability for everybody's records they put at risk by being grossly negligent. So they're trying to yeah. just go, no, 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 these guys hacked us because we because they they access files that we didn't tell them to now it's actually funnier because um it, it's it's hard to say it's funnier because it's it's so tragic like it's it's so frightening about all this but what what happened is the city's arguing in some of their most recent declarations that well we didn't give them access like we didn't send them directly this uh, like dave curley this um city of slash outbox url until this like 2018 uh email 
and so, but they were accessing it through pure VPN or whatever the case may be before that. So haha, they must have hacked us. The problem is, is that the way the law works with public records requests, if you Thaddeus were to come to California and put in a public records request, the minute they turn over public records to you, they are considered to be public records for everybody, which means I now have access to them as well. I could just go to the city and get a copy because they've already vetted them. They've already said they're public records. David had put in a records request back in, I think, May of 2017, asking for information about the Hillcrest Park stairs. That's a park in Fullerton and these, like, rack, these rickety wood stairs that they built. And they returned 25 separate e 29 separate emails that directly mention cityoffullerton.com slash outbox, which means that URL was in the wild for anybody to know who had access to that or anybody who could have shared that. We could have put that on a listserv. It was legally a public record. So that was in the wild. And the city didn't even know that because they didn't do a basic search on the data they'd already released. So the city had this URL that was out in the open. They negligently put all sorts of stuff on there. And they now were, like I said, CIA, CYA trying to cover themselves in order to get themselves out of this liability that they put themselves yeah. in. Yeah. Mm -hmm. It's, yeah. They it, didn't is, even... it is, it is, if this doesn't give one pause when it, when it comes to understanding there's negligence of the state and the fact that they will punish anyone who takes advantage of their negligence because they're negligent. It should go to show you that, that we don't we don't hire the best and brightest or we don't elect people who hire the best and brightest. No. We just don't. No. And to think that we do is silly. And yeah, and, and the Frank, they have they have a near, nearly limitless funds to basically put the fear of God into anyone who would do that. Correct. Um, now I'm 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 happy to see that some of the more the local rags, as you as you have put it, um, have started to sort of see the light, as opposed to in the beginning just being stenographers for whatever the city was saying. Oh no 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 no! That's I I, I would I would actually argue against that. Uh, the Fullerton. You would argue against the Fullerton. That. Fullerton, yeah, Fullerton I, I mean, Fullerton. I'm not saying that they completely had a mea culpa and that they're like no, you know, no, 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 on no. your team. I no I think I think there's I think now so the first thing they published is actually literally just the press release from the city like like calling us calling us out. Uh, yes, we, we, we've sort of clowned on them for about a week after that. And they've, I actually called them Fullerton Pravda, so I, since then they've been trying to be more just a facts, ma'am, but they still haven't, yeah. they still haven't come to the realization of how egregiously bad this is. So the problem with local news, so really, so this is a failing of news in general, the problem yeah. with local news is that most local newspapers, actually in print type of local newspapers, usually rely on city funding from, well, one, some local businesses that are friendly with the city, but usually city funding by way of anytime a notice has to go out, anytime an ordinance change has to go out, anytime you have to have these things that have to be put in the public record, they pay those little rags to do it. So they never want to be on the, on the, on the wrong receiving end for the city. So there's this uh, symbiotic, parasitic relationship between these organizations. Now, local blogs are free from that usually, so you don't have that, so you can have, be more have more animosity or whatever mm -hmm. else. But above that, so like here in Orange County, we've got the Orange County Register. I think they have a handful of reporters for the entire county. We've got the LA Times, which has one reporter, I believe, for all of North Orange County. So they don't cover any of this stuff. Like yeah. our st my story has been covered in the Register once, it was on, on, a, on a small column on the front page next to the big cop story that I mentioned earlier with Becerra, our attorney general. Yeah. And then it was an unsigned editorial in the op-ed section. That's that's the extent that they've covered it. 
uh, online newspaper, the better newspaper in Orange County, The Voice of OC, they've covered it extensively, about six different articles. And yeah, then, I've seen, yeah, yeah. And, and, and that's what I've seen. I've seen, and, like, so I guess the connection between the city and the this. So what was the connection between the person that they had that the city's declaration and this paper, this local paper that at first was simply stenographing for the city, but now is yeah just the facts, not really trying to take a stand one way or the other. That that's that's but that's simple cowardice. That happens all the time. I see it, me and Gary see it in the tech press all the time. Correct. So, right. Yeah. yeah. So, so, so it's just like this is a complete failure in a lot of yeah. yeah. So what happened was the the Fortune Observer uh, ran the press release. We laughed at them. I said I, I can't trust you to be objective, so you can talk to my attorney, which they never even tried to talk to her. He, they just stenographed out of um out of the Voice of OC articles. And they brought in their own tech friend to then vet what this, basically all the guy did was read what the city had put into evidence and said, yeah, that too. Like he had no data on his own. He didn't have the raw logs. He didn't have anything from Dropbox. All he had were the declarations. And he just said, yeah, they're hackers. I mean, it was, it was just nonsense. Um, again, and that's the interesting thing. If this goes to trial, we won't, very likely won't have native files either. It's not, what's the example I can think of? I was just reading a story a couple days ago about Backpage, the lawsuit going on about the, the Backpage website that was taken down. And when they took it down, they destroyed the servers. They took them all apart and everything else. And it was interesting because when Mega Upload was taken on by the, by the, court, by the, by the government, FBI and everybody else, they put their servers into read-only mode. So they could then access the data. It allowed the defense to access the data. They could see the site as it was when it was shut down, but nobody in the outside world could get to it, but it was still there. With Backpage, they destroyed the servers. Like they can't put it back together. Like I think three of the eight or nine hard drives, whatever they gave them, like were non-readable. Like the like the, the Fed screwed this up so bad. This is basically what the city's done in Fullerton is that they've taken everything off of Dropbox, which means we they didn't just password protect it or hide it behind a, a security wall. They got rid of it, which means even well, whoa, 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 whoa. But there are not only. F state laws i would imagine but they're federal laws for record retention right where are these records well they're called well, see the the native records would have been on the city's servers but okay. the but the records on dropbox so what the city was doing is not only was the city turning over files to people that were public records like they'd get a record they'd go oh here's all the emails for hillcrest park or whatever the case may be and they and they'd put those into a file onto dropbox what the okay. city what the city okay. was doing is the city was actually pulling, if you put in a records request for emails or a large volume of data, the city would just do a, a basic search, pull all of that data. So instead of doing like a Boolean search in the in, in Outlook, they would just search the keywords, which would bring in everything. So like if I searched for my, I said, hey, I want all the emails that's about Joshua Ferguson. Instead of doing a Boolean search for Joshua Ferguson, they would just search for my name, which would bring up every Joshua and every Ferguson, which like the, the sure. riots that happened out in Missouri would all pop up because of my last name. And so they had all the, all these emails would pop up if people did a search and then they would zip those by the city's own admission, they would zip those, put those on a Dropbox so the city attorney could access them. The city attorney would go through them, figure out which ones were releasable and then return the releasable data back to the, to the city clerk. But in the meantime, okay. it's all on Dropbox. But in the meantime, it's all on an unsecured Dropbox with no password. So, no would, nothing, they, just so would they pull this <laughs> off eventually? Uh, I mean, if, I they would, sent, if they created a zip file and put it there, no, and they unzipped it, looked at stuff, did they? No, they they claim that they left the stuff there for months on end, if, I, I believe. 
Yeah, that, that's what I'm saying. It was gross. But here's the yeah, deal, though. I mean, I mean, I don't know about state record retention. I know for federal record retention, it doesn't. It's a record when you create it. Well, it doesn't matter if per, it was temporarily right. there created. Is, and, and the fact right. that it was collated for different a different data source to create a new data source, that becomes a new record. Correct. That this actually, is how it works that, in the federal government. Yeah, that, that actually might be applicable. We haven't actually explored that yet because we haven't gotten to the trial court. What's happened is the city got a temporary restraining order. We put a we we put a uh, writ against it, which means we challenged it at the appellate, the local appellate court. This isn't federal, this is right. state level. Mm-hmm. The appellate court then put a stay on the restraining order for to give time for people to respond. Like, we're going to put a temporary stay. Let us know what you guys want to do. And then that's when the Reporters Committee filed their amicus brief. That's when, and then later EFF did, and the League of California Cities did, and then we responded, the city responded, et cetera. And now, as of last Friday, the appellate court has said that that stay, which means we can publish anything we want again, that stay will continue throughout the entire trial phase, sort of irrespective. Um, we have we've gone through three judges now on the on the superior court level in Orange County, which means we have a I think this this week, either Thursday or Monday, I believe, we have a conference meeting with the judge to sort of get our bearings and see where we are and what's happening. And then the next the dates change all the time, but the next date on the calendar is until the end of February. Now, okay. two things I didn't mention that I do want to touch on really quick is that one, initially the the city had actually named three people. There were John Doe's one through twenty, the blog properly, and three people were named by name. One of those has since been dropped because uh, I believe largely because he we've said he wasn't involved with the blog at all because it, it, he wasn't, and also because he wrote a declaration saying he wasn't involved at all. And that was a guy named I want I don't want to say his name. I'll just call him my former coworker. I don't want to drag him to the mud. I, I feel like the city has already done that enough unfairly. But mm. what happened was the city said, oh, well, my, my former employer's Dropbox was logged in when these files, when these links weren't egregiously clicked on. And so this guy who worked there is also part of this conspiracy and also a hacker. They've since dropped him from the case. My belief right. to my core and from, from information I've heard, uh, the city did not believe this is my former coworker. He, so I worked at, I got to sort of background this. I worked at a camera store in Orange County for nine and a half years. Uh, I won't say their name because, again, I, I like the store. We've, I, I've known the guy for 20 years. Plus, I, I have no sort of ill will towards him. But what happened sucked. My belief is that the city prosecuted my former employee, he, former employee, uh, fellow employee. He had actually left the company to go work somewhere else, completely unrelated, just find another job. And they, I, I believe they prosecuted him as a way to pressure me to buckle to what the city wanted. I don't, and, I, and, I've, and I've heard that the city did not believe, as of the night that they went to court, the city did not believe he was involved. So it was, I believe right. it was malicious prosecution. When I went, so that happened on October 24th. I went into work on the 25th. I wasn't even supposed to work. I'd asked not to work that day. I, I think it was just miscommunication. I don't think the owner remembered that because it was the anniversary of when my wife and I started dating because we celebrated our wedding anniversary and then that date. And... I went in and I was like, he said, what's happening? I said, and I tried to, try to lay it out. And I was like, listen, I don't know what's going on. I don't know how the city could claim that we're hackers. I don't know what they want with all of this stuff. I don't know. I don't Oh, I haven't read it all yet. I, I don't know what's happening yet. All I know is the city's suing me. They're suing this guy. They're suing my friend David. They're suing the blog. I don't know what else all this stems from exactly or what they're exactly claiming. I haven't had a chance to go through it all. And sort of as a, again, this is somewhere I'd worked for almost a decade. I've been, I've been a customer for 20 years. I, I gave him my keys and I said, listen, I don't want you to have to fire me. I, I don't want to go down that path. 
Um, if you want my, I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna fight you on anything because I don't want to, I'm paraphrasing what I said because it was a long conversation. I don't want to have you worry about unemployment or have you think that I'm going to retaliate against you. But if you want my resignation, I'll give it to you. And he immediately gave me a piece of paper. Hmm. So to write my resignation. So I left, so I, I was unemployed owing to this case. Um, I tried to keep, I, I offered my resignation to keep him out of it. Uh, he has a family and a business and I, I didn't feel like it was fair for the city to be going after him, after his, or put dragging him to the mud or anything else. Which so they I, would. Which they would have absolutely. Oh yeah. He's censoring. with using their stenographers in the press. Correct. And he's, and he and his wife and my former coworker all wrote declarations, uh, in, in support of the city. So those friendships are basically gone and dead anyways now to, to begin with. And it was... It was going to be hostile if I had stayed. I mean, I don't, I don't want to, I don't want to make it sound bad. I don't want to throw him under the bus. But he was scared, and he was justifiably scared. When the boot of government comes down on you, or you have to worry about it. I mean, that store had contracts with local law enforcement to clean their cameras and order stuff. I mean, with local local jurisdiction stuff. And when the boot of government comes down on you, a lot of people go, "Oh crap, um, I can't have this. This risks my livelihood. This risks my my children and everything else." And you know, it was a problem and I knew it was a problem and I didn't want that for him. I didn't want it for me either, but I didn't want that for him. So yeah, so the city, I believe both retaliatorily and maliciously prosecuted us, especially me. Um, it cost me my job. I've been fighting it now since the end of October. Um, it's been, it's been interesting. It's been stressful because, you know, my, my attorney had told me early on, I asked her, she, she's a good attorney. She's probably one of the best in California. And she said, in your situation, a lot of people would just do what the city wants to try to make it go away. You make it as painless as possible. Right. And I was like, well, that's not me. So <laughs> what do we do here? And she's like, well, we can fight this all the way. She's like, you, you, the, the law is absolutely on your side, but we can fight this all the way. I'm like, well, it already cost me my job. My wife's behind me. That's all that matters now. You know, yeah. I feel like if I back down and I give the city what they want, so a bunch of bureaucrats can cover their own incompetence and, and retire out in Arizona or wherever the hell they go to not pay income tax, then <laughs> I end up looking like like a coward to my children. How do I tell them later on? Yeah, I just made this go away so I could be more comfortable for a couple more months or what have you. You know. Yeah. And it's just it's been it's been it's been a struggle. It's been stressful because you look at what they're alleging and you look at like how really. You, you sent me a URL and I clicked the wrong link on it. That's your allegation. And, and that's, that's hacking. Like I said, that would break the internet. Yeah. That would break the internet more than Ralph did. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and you know, that's what me and Gary had said. In, uh, Cause uh, wouldn't it was, you know, and big up to Gary for bringing this to my attention and stuff. Cause I hadn't heard much about it. And I know he, someone had posted about it in the group. Um, and uh, yeah, this, it should give everyone pause, um, particularly after the last two and a half years, just kind of taking it off of this subject. And when you hear about anything coming about the Mueller report, or even if it's just some allegations that someone did whatever, I was just reading an article not too long ago and on Mises, and it brought up some great facts, right? I mean, this Richard Jewell movie is about to come out. Oh, yeah. And you, that was, yeah, I mean, that was and the media the working with I remember the Duke Lacrosse. I remember many, many things. And you, you, when someone authoritative, someone either from the government says that, you know, makes these allegations, um, we have, we have unfortunately had a nasty tendency to believe them, right? Because I mean, why would the government lie? Why would they be whatever? But the older you get and the more ensconced in, in, in this kind of liberty stuff as we all are in, 
we start to understand that like you put down anatomy of the state by Murray Rothbard and you realize that those people are vindictive. They're people. They're the systems are perfect. People are not. Yeah. We're not government. And we're, not, we're not government. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And so like it, it, it just, the more of these cases I hear, the more I hear about these, how these plea pleas work and plea bargains work and how it's, extortion is just like well we could just go after you uh you know on these federal charges on these charges and we say you hack stuff and whatever and ruin your life and blah 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 or you can write down on this piece of paper here i mean it's like the old soviet union man like hey man a piece of paper to confession and it's all fine Uh, literally they know though the checker would then take you to the basement and put a bullet in your head having got the confession well the hard part for me is worse than that is it's that nobody on the state side is held accountable and we can use this from a story from yesterday. I mean, the, the attorney general or the, yeah, the IG's report actually uh, came out about the, uh, the FISA warrants with Carter right. Page and everything. And the argument from the left on that seems to be, oh, those 17 errors and omissions and fabrications in that report, that wasn't malicious or corruption. That was just incompetence. You know, like, okay, hold on a second. This is an investigation about the president, the literal highest level of government like the highest with the top FBI agents, like the highest clearance people in the government, in the state department, in these organizations, like you can't get more high stakes than that one. And they screwed up that much and nobody's going to be held accountable. It's lowest oh, order with the IRS. And scandal. on purpose. Yeah. No, right. Because yeah. didn't, I mean, cause if you listen to the I this chapter of the report, they were probably told for somebody in the intelligence community, like, yeah, we're using Carter Page. He's not a Russian agent. We're we we're using him for something else. Um, and he, in by virtue of what you're doing, you are you're interfering with ongoing contacts that Mr. Page has. Mr. Page is working basically, for lack of a better word, for what I've heard for years and what this report confirmed is he's working for us. But then that email gets altered. That electronic record gets altered so that all recollection, all, all those mentions of that have, re, have been removed. And then that goes, and then they go and they just maintain the FISA. And that's the thing. Though, it, 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 who gets held accountable? That doesn't give you pause. And that's, that, that's my problem, though, is that who gets held accountable? I mean, we can see case after case. I mean, we can take it from a partisan sense or not, but case after case over the last few years. I mean, we had under the Obama administration, you had the, the Hillary Clinton email scandal. Not a single person was held accountable. Not even the tech guy who set up the server was held accountable. Right. You had the Lois Lerner IRS targeting scandal where they lost, what, seven different hard drives all just miraculously disappeared. Lerner, nobody else was held accountable on that. You have, and then what I'm seeing, the funny thing is, and that trick, what people don't think about is that all this corruption up top trickles down to the local economy. It's the trickle down corruption problem. So in my city, uh, one thing that's suspiciously missing from this lawsuit against me is that not a single tech person has filed a declaration. Not the, there was a, a company here in, here in Irvine that the, was contracted with the city. The person who worked for them was, didn't put in a declaration. The city's IT person didn't put in a declaration. The city's IT manager didn't put in a declaration. I've actually heard that the IT manager was walked out of her job, whether she was able to resign or retire because she'd been with the, company, the city for a long time, but she's no longer employed with the city. So the city just either let her go away or whatever, but they didn't get any data from them, didn't put anything forward from their IT people, but nobody seems to be being held accountable. They're coming after us, the private citizens, they're stomping on my throat. They're trying to, you know, they cost me my job and friendships and all these other things. They, my wife has lost clients because specifically because of this. I mean, we've lost significant income because of this. 
and put my, my, my family at risk because of it. And who in the government who was grossly negligent is going to pay a price for this? Nobody. Yeah, where, Nobody. where, who's where the, is the city, the who, former city IT manager? Who's going to pay? I have no idea. Who's going to pay when the city loses this? The taxpayers. So, and this, yeah. and this is where it gets even worse. It's perverse incentives. If the city, so the city attorney filed a temporary restraining order. They actually included a bunch of records that they admit were public records, which they restrained us from publishing. They took our First Amendment right to be able, until we challenged it. Now, if we hadn't challenged it, we never would have been able to publish this stuff again. They took our First Amendment right away from publishing records that they admit were public records. Then they went, when they realized that they forgot to attach the exhibit to their to restraining order, they went to the court. They screwed, the city screwed up. They went to the court to have it fixed. The city said, the court said no. We had to respond. Well, when I responded with my attorney, I'm going to have to, if, if we lose this, I'm going to have to pay that fee. Every bill that my attorney racks up, every time she has to read a new brief, read a new file filing from the city, every time she has to respond, that costs our side money. Who pays the cost on the city? The city screwed up. The city's attorney screwed up, had to go back to court to fix something. Does the city attorney pay a cost? No, those are just billable hours. Yep. The taxpayers pay that cost. Right. Nobody's punished. And... When the city, with the way the law is written, when the city loses this case, the city eats all of my attorney's fees also. So do the city council members who authorize this lawsuit, do they pay a price? Do they get punished? No. Does the city manager who pushed this, does Ken Domer, Fullerton city manager, get, lose anything on this? No. That guy gets make, get, that guy gets paid more than the governor. He makes like $300,000 a year. <laughs> like, does he pay up? Is he going to have to cut a check to cover the attorney's fees? No. Are the city attorneys themselves going to have to cut a check on this stuff to reimburse the taxpayers for, well, their, mm -hmm, for their malicious yeah. prosecution? Of yeah. course not. Yeah, that does, that's, that just seems strange. Again, what, what happened to the IT manager? No idea. Where we, is she? We've heard she she didn't file a declaration. I haven't been able to prove it yet because we have to put in a records request to find out separations and everything because they never announced this stuff. But I've heard that she was that she no longer she's no longer with the with the city, and it just quietly in the night. While this is all going, all of a sudden the IT person just quietly in the night no longer works for the city. That's what. It yeah, means. pure coincidence. Pure, right, pure coincidence. I mean, I mean, it's not like I guess is she then if you if subpoenas were issued. If she was compelled to testify, could, could, could she be compelled to testify oh, or no, because she's no longer a oh, city no, employee? No, no, no. Under her capacity, under being part of this, we could absolutely subpoena her. We haven't gotten, because of the way the court works, for a lot of people that don't know, when you get sued for something like this, it's basically just a lot of paperwork and it takes a long time. The only reason this has been, so I've only been, in, I've been dealing with this since the end of October, which is a really short time for lawsuits. The reason why it's moved so quickly with us is because of that temporary restraining order stopping us from being able to publish. It's called a prior restraint. No prior restraint has been upheld by the appellate court or above since 1971 when the Pentagon Papers lawsuit went in front of the Supreme Court. Okay, so the fact that, the, the, that a judge issued a restraining order stopping us from, from publishing the prior restraint and we went to the appellate court and the appellate court slapped it down, that's why it's been so quick in the course with us. That's why it's picked up so much traction because like, they're like, no, this never happens. Like this, uh, the judge, one of the judges we had, I think he's been on the bench for 16 years. He says he's seen the appellate court get involved like that twice in his time on, on the court. Wow. Like people, mm -hmm. when I tell people about this that are in the legal profession, they're like, oh, what, what the appellate court stayed that? Like that doesn't happen. Like they do that like 2% of the time. So, and they only wow. do that when something is egregiously bad and they need to act right yeah. the hell now. So, yeah, we don't know. What happens is you you, go, you get a trial court, 
and then you go to the judge and then you go through arbitration or what have you, or you mediation or you, the judge looks at all the paperwork, looks at everything and says, can you settle this? Is there a way to not go to trial, et cetera, et cetera. And then if you go to trial, once you have a trial date, that's when you, that's when discovery opens up. And then that's when you can start looking into subpoenas and actually and getting information from the opposite side. Now the city can't actually get much information from us because blogs like newspapers are covered in what California has. It's called the California Reporter Shield Law. So they actually can't mm. get your notes. They can't get your data. They can't, they can't do those things because it violates their, your, sort of your constitutional right to be a California constitutional right to be a, a journalist. Now, doesn't mean they won't. And that's the sort of kicker that I should mention also for, for your tech listeners. There was a case, I believe, back in April by a guy named Brian, Brian Carmody up in San Francisco. And he was given some information relating to, I believe, a public defender's death. I don't remember the person's job. I may be wrong on that. But a, a, an official's death. And he, as a stringer, which means he worked for various, he, he was a freelancer who sold data to different news organizations. He sold this data to um, a couple of TV stations. And the San Francisco Police Department, with federal help, kicked his door in, took his phones, took his computers, took his ser- took everything. And we, nobody knows if they looked at them or not. Nobody knows if they violated his First, his reporter, his, his first Amendment rights, anything else. And then California's uh, nonprofit group, the First Amendment Coalition, got him a lawyer, and, they, they, and, they've been, and he's been fighting them ever since. I mean, now he has a countersuit against them because they absolutely egregiously violated the law with him. Oh. Now, what's interesting, which I hadn't actually thought about until a friend of mine sort of mentioned it as we were rapping about this issue, is that in the temporary restraining order that the city went to get on October 24th, they tried, so we believe that they, they did it on that date knowing that my attorney was in Los Angeles at the time, that she couldn't respond. She got out of an appellate hearing, I believe at noon, noon 30, when her phone had to be off to, during that time, got out, turned her phone on, and, and saw the email from the city that, oh, by the way, your client's being you know, sued in Orange County at 1.30. So she had to jump on the road. Now, anybody who's familiar with Los Angeles traffic, good luck getting from LA to Orange County in an hour. You can't. She luckily, she luckily managed to, got it just in time. She had an hour and a half or whatever. Got got that in time, and there was no judge able to hear the case from the city. So it got pushed from that Thursday to Friday, from October twenty fourth to the twenty fifth. She was able, knew what they were looking at, was able to write a response overnight and fight them on the temporary restraining order. What that restraining order actually asked for was to stop us from publishing the prior restraint, to stop us from sharing data with any other news organizations to stop us, or anybody, to stop us from, related to these files that the city alleged we had, to stop us from deleting any of this stuff, which if you're being sued and you delete evidence, you're screwed anyways. And also they wanted to bring in a forensic expert to go through our entire digital lives, hard drives, computers, flash drives, everything, to then find where we had these alleged files and, or allegedly had these files, and to recover or delete them. Now, they, the way they phrase it, it's funny. They're like, we want these files returned. It's like, even if we had these right. digital files, it's not like a manila envelope of files. You know, like when I showed up here, I showed Gary a folder that they gave me. It's like three and a half inches thick of it's what immense. they served us with. Yeah. And that's only about a fourth of what they've served since then. But that's what they're acting like. But our thought is, had they gotten, had the judge given them that forensic audit, because he didn't, he didn't grant the forensic auditor. He granted the prior restraint. He granted the non-destruction of property evidence, and he granted the not sharing or disseminating evidence, uh, information. Had he granted that, had our attorney not been able to make it, and had he granted that prior that uh, forensic auditor, there's a very good chance they would, how else would they come in to get your data? 
they'd bring the police in right. to ransack your house, yep. to go through your life, and take everything from you. Everything with a wire. Everything with a wire, everything with a, everything yep. with a SIM card, everything with a, with a flash card or a drive or whatever else. And would you get that back? Who knows? Would you get it back in the same form? Who knows? But now they have access to everything in your life. Your entire digital world is now in the hands of the police and the city, all because they screwed up and they're mad. Mm-hmm. That's what the government does. The government will do anything they can to cover their own bases when, and the shitty part is, they aren't even personally liable. That's the worst part. Right. Nobody at the city is going to be personally liable for this. Even if they're found to be completely wrong across everything, it's the taxpayers who have to bite the bullet, not the city employees. City employees. Yeah, for, at, even, yeah, for even filing this and even. Yeah, the city employees even at best or will, re, will be able to resign or they'll be pushed off to the side and they'll go work for some other city two months later. Like there's, there's going to be no long drawn out issue. They're not going to, they're not prosecuting city employees. They're not prosecuting people for gross negligence. They're coming after us because we allegedly clicked on the wrong links on the city's Dropbox. Account. Funny. We've got Starbucks on the private side, but nothing on the public side. Yeah. Yeah. If, if, if this had happened in a private company, you could sue that employee. Yeah. Absolutely. For, for gross negligence. Right. You know, you could do those things. On our on the public side, there's nothing. I right. mean, that's Fullerton saw that in 2012. That's with, with the recall I mentioned earlier. It was based on a homeless man being beaten to death by the name of Kelly Thomas. And when that happened, the city paid out, I think, total like $5.9 million. 4.9 to the dad, I think a million dollars to the mom. That came out of the city's yeah. insurance. Now that's a convoluted way of how it's paid because it's like different cities work together on their insurance plans and all this crap. But it came out of the city's insurance, but it still raised our rates and cost us money. But it was five point nine million dollars. None of that came out of the police budget. The officers that were fired, they, they didn't come out of their pension. You know, if you're a general contractor, you have to be bonded. You show up to somebody's house and you build something wrong, something that's grossly negligent, or you do something totally screwed up, it comes out of your pay comes out of you have to you have to eat it your insurance may or your bond may eat it or whatever but then you can't be rebonded or your rates go through the roof i know doctors in the 90s who stopped being trauma surgeons because their malpractice insurance hit a million dollars a year not because they were bad but just because that's what the rates had gone to because of all of the shootings everything else was happening right it wasn't affordable to do that anymore well why is it not affordable for government employees like why are they not bonded against their own incompetence yeah there was a story that came out in the last uh, few days uh, I, I was just laughing at this uh city in Utah that um, there was a, uh, an assessment done on a piece of property and this, it was a 1500 square foot house, whatever they assessed this property at $987 million or something crazy. And then because of that assessment, they anticipated an insane amount of additional tax revenue going to come to the tune of $6 million or something, which of course they immediately spent found out that, it was due to a clerical error, likely due to someone dropping their cell phone on the keyboard. <laughs> and now that they've corrected it to the correct valuation, which is about $302,000, not $987 million, the taxpayers are now going to be footing the bill for that extra six million dollars and and, you know you're talking about a place out in you know you're not talking a big city here you're talking about a place out in the rural this is so wait a minute they spent the money before they had it yes sir that's what always happens look at california look at all the states with the the tobacco nonsense they get the 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 big law settlement with the tobacco or california they raise the tobacco taxes and they go oh well 
there's a you know 20 million smokers or what's the, what's the California population 20 40 million people so let's say there's five million smokers in California if we get two dollars from each of them we get ten million dollars a year so yay and so they just budget ten million dollars a year and then when people go I'm not paying two dollars more per pack of cigarettes f this and then it's, either, it's, yeah either you get, you get the greatest or, smoking cessation program in of the world was basically telling people for years that it was terrible for you suing the villainizing the tobacco companies because yeah they screwed up and then subsequently then raising the price of the product not understanding the basic economics of supply and demand and saying like oh right, right. wait a minute so, so we're not going to get this static two to three uh, what is it uh, 10 to 20 million a oh, year see, because and they god forbid they, people actually change their behavior but they budget it and then freak out now that's one right. thing we're running into a city is like fullerton and a bunch of other cities actually budget for asset forfeiture money like oh they, it's not a surplus at the end of the year it's not like oh well this in 2018 we had this many criminal cases and we were able to tie this many things to actual criminal conduct and, and obviously egregious behavior and we had this many convictions and we're being ethical moral human beings and only seizing things that are directly tied to, to egregious crimes and this is what we have left over and that's what we have to use for this other thing no when they start the budget process they estimate that they'll have this much money in right. asset forfeiture money which what's their incentive then to get that much in asset forfeiture, you know sure. that's the problem. Is that they? If anything, is, if anything, it ends up being like a. It, I mean, it basically incentivizes a quota system. It's just like, well, well, we've already spent this money, so correct. you guys got to get out there and 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 fight this war on drugs. Yeah, correct. And that, you know and, I mean? the, and the problem is and not not to get too off topic with it, but the problem that I run into with a lot of it is that. In the private world, we're told we're, we're responsible for our actions. We're, we're, the ignorance of the law is no excuse. We have to take care of the common good and everything else. And yet when it comes to the government, it's the, um, what's the phrase I'm looking for? It's the tragedy of the commons. I had that as an actual argument from our police chief, our current police chief, because this last year or so, the city of Fullerton bought 160 AR-15s, you know, customized AR-15s for their police department. And it's like, well, first of all, when was the last time we had a real, we had a real shooting? And, uh, in the city to justify that. And I was, but my real question was, why do we need 160 of them? Like, why do we need one for every single officer? Like every cop needs one of these. I, I, I doubt they're all going to be trained on them, but why do they need that? And the police chief straight said in a public meeting, well, because if officers, if it does, if it's not the officers on their own, they tend not to take care of them. He made the tragedy of the commons argument at a public meeting saying we have to give all of these officers assault rifles based on you know california parlance right you know big scary guns we had to give them all to them because they won't take care of them if they aren't theirs personally and that's what we deal with in government we deal with government bureaucrats government uh, workers government public safety officials who can't take care of something if it's not theirs specifically but you private citizen we're gonna put mens rea on you we're going to put the the, the 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 mind of how you do things or your your intent on things on everything if we don't like the outcome in and, case shit happens yeah in case shit happens <laughs> and, and and what's what's even just to kind of dovetail back to an overall theme that me and gary talk about all the time and these are the people you want regulating things like uh you know peering agreements between isps these are the people that you want um, you know, deciding whether or not that Google or Facebook or whatever broke antitrust when antitrust as well, one, I particularly reject the whole case for antitrust. But even if we were to assume for a second that, all right, antitrust is a thing and that it can even apply to contemporary tech companies. Why we want people like you to deal with that? 
uh, we, we want people who, um, I don't know, are so ignorant to the fact and that absolutely positively have no stewardship just, just, of the taxpayer funds. Yeah, you guys, you guys can run this this industry, the the, the very industry that allows them to even allows them to even more easily share public records. But yeah, we'll we'll let those guys like take over these industries and, and well, do it's, whatever. It's, and it's, it's not even it's not even that. It's worse than that. You're not even counting regulatory capture and everything else. You have this cartelization of, of industries. You have this worst problem where it's like literally to say so. Timeline in her Congress yesterday, an I an IG report, Inspector General report came out with 17 factual errors and omissions and all these problems with the highest level of government. And then today in the Senate, you had a hearing where I think it was Lindsey Graham and a few others, if I'm not mistaken, but a Senate hearing. Today, where they talked about how the how companies like Apple and Facebook need to put back doors into all their encryption so law enforcement can't have access. And you're like, well, you can't just have a back door for one person. If you have a back door, it's a back door. Right. It can be exploited. Correct. That's how Quite technology open, works. Yeah. And they just these 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 bureaucrats don't understand that. You know, they're so busy, you know, sucking on the thin blue line that they can't realize that. Oh, wait. Uh, maybe opening all this up to the good guys means it also opens uh, opens up to the bad guys, but they don't care. They have to stand there and postulate. And they'll say, wait a second, you just, just yesterday we saw that the government is corrupt and lies and falsifies data and buries data and changes data, like the whole Carter Page thing you're talking about, the whole thing with that. And then today you're like, but trust us with all of your data. Trust, they want to get rid of, they, they, they said in the hearing that they want to essentially get rid of end-to-end -end encryption. They don't want people to be able to have encrypted information with each other. They want Apple and everyone else to go back to pre-2014 era where oh, the yeah. government has access to everything. Because you, what about child pornography? What about terrorism? What about, what about, what about? The same assholes who won't turn over their campaign finance records, you know, they would never turn over their call logs. Everything. Hillary Clinton's got three cell phones lying about that in public. You know, like the same right. people that will never turn over their own information are like, but you have to give up everything on your end. I don't want these, these incompetence. And if they don't understand basic technology, they shouldn't be able to regulate it, but they do. Yeah. yeah they, they have they, a cognitive dissonance when it comes to that thing. Yeah. yeah they, they, they can't, want, they can't because, be trusted. Well, we are the, we're the best. We're the, we have the best people. We have the best of intentions, but not the other guy or not you, or not you the citizen, right? Because, you know, we have to protect, I mean, I, well, the porn thing I think is, is, is very interesting, right? Yet, yet again, they, they, and uh, hiding, what is it? Loot uh, loot boxes. They want to regulate those. They want to do whatever. It's like, how about we stop using dumb people and children as human shields? Well, when it comes to making any 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 edge, when you want to present edge cases that basically says like, well, because it is one edge case, and because hey, you're using the the, well, the indigent, the dumb, and the children as human shields, we need to regulate this. But it's worse than that because it's like, okay, look at your. We're on a podcast right now. If you were to put this audio, if, let's say there was video, if you were to put this audio up on YouTube, you have to worry about COPA, the Child Protection Act. All right. Well, YouTube has now completely shipped the bet on that one. Pardon my language. Sorry. I tried to keep the mask on for the whole time. <laughs> YouTube, uh, Ryan, Cam, edit that out, please. Uh, so YouTube has uh, has a problem where now all your videos may be viewed. Like if you let's say you're a gamer and you want to review the new Mario uh, game, your video may be viewed as child friendly and cannot be monetized certain ways, or they may demonetize your entire channel because of child issue, because of child friendliness issues, because allegedly you YouTube was collecting data on people that were under 13. The problem is that you have to be 13 to sign the terms of agreement, even to have a YouTube account. 
But the government didn't look at that. The government didn't go, oh, well, a bunch of nine-year-olds were on YouTube because a bunch of terrible parents were letting their kids on YouTube. That's not YouTube's fault. That's those parents' fault. The, right. YouTube had actually created their own application and platform of YouTube kids to bypass that. And parents were like, no, Jimmy, here, just have your iPad and do whatever you want. And yeah. parenting's hard. Here you go. Mm -hmm. You know, and it, I, I, I can't tell you how many times I deleted YouTube off, off of an iPad so my kids couldn't access it or I deleted PBS kids or whatever, cause it was just terrible content. I'm like, no, you're not watching that delete. Yeah. Like you had to watch what they were watching. Just look at, you look at their user history. You're like, what were you watching? Cause this application is going to narc on you in about three seconds. And I click that history button. So what were you watching? <laughs> and instead the government comes in and goes, no bad. You were collecting data on people who shouldn't have had been putting data on your server to begin with. And yeah. there's no the government doesn't like the competition. Only they can collect data on uh, unwarranted. Well, but it's that issue where everyone suffers for it. You know, every everybody in the market suffers for it. You know, we all we all have to deal with that now. And it's that's the hardest part, because whenever, like I said before, whenever the state screws up, nobody's held accountable. They want to talk about how, oh, well, if you do something wrong, law enforcement needs to be able to ensure that you're not a criminal. You're like, dude, James Clapper perjured himself in front of the Senate talking about how the NSA didn't spy on individual people and didn't collect metadata. You didn't do anything to him. Perjured himself, lied about everything. Nothing happened to him. Didn't suffer a single consequence. And you want to lecture us about what we, why you need our data because we might do something? I mean, my local, right. my local issue, the city's coming after me because I allegedly clicked links. Nobody at the city who put who made those links accessible is being held to account. I mean, it's it's mind boggling. It's yeah, it's tragic. It's just it's tragic. It's frustrating. It's infuriating. It's a whole list of things. And what will probably I don't know. Are you hearing anything locally? I know you've been really knee deep into this. Are you hearing anything locally or or during this legislative session that are is anyone? either coming to your aid to maybe uh, propose legislation, which I, I, you know, no. I laugh at that <laughs> no. or some sort of, or, or some sort of protections that will either make sure that a case like yours never happens again, or there's some people up there saying they need more protections. So what's, and, what's funny about this is I've actually talked to people. There were, there's a couple of cases that, uh, regarding the federal law, the CFAA, and it was being a previous case when it was being argued, they sort of outlined like what's happening to me now going like, this is like the worst case scenario. Like this is how broadly this rock law could be read. And we're like, no, 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 it could never happen. And then now it's happening to me and they're like, oh crap, it's happening. But nobody's, nobody cares yet until these cases bubble up to like the ninth circuit or whatever. No, nobody really cares right. on the state level. Uh, nobody cares for the same reason because they're too big. And really, most people in, in state government are grifters and they don't care about anything unless it pads their budget so or pads their uh, their campaign their campaign war chest. So nobody in the state right. level is doing anything yet. And on the local level, nothing's going to happen because my city council hates me. Um, you have to understand, I ran for city council in 2016 and I called out our then mayor as for as the liar that she was because she was claiming we had a balanced budget and I know how to do math. And um, proved her to not be not be telling even remotely the truth on that. And so three, I think three, if not four of the five council members just ag actually hate me. And the one who may not hate me still doesn't like me because a couple years ago or two years, well, like last year, 2018, we had a recall in California. The gas tax went up under a bill called SB1, which now isn't being used for for roads it's being used for rent control and everything else yeah, yeah. They're, they're withholding the money unless you build enough affordable housing so all they they tax us for roads and they, oh my goodness didn't use roads uh didn't use the money for roads so funny how that works 
Um, but we we ran the he was basically the, the last vote. He was the, the guy who gave this the Democrats a supermajority in California, a guy named Josh Newman. Uh, he got recalled and removed from office. And I ran in that recall race. Uh, and I actually registered as a Democrat at the time because he was a Democrat. His name was Josh. And so I thought it'd be funny if I was a Democrat and my name was Josh. And all his signs said, you know, Josh, vote Josh. And so I said, vote yes, vote Josh. Because the way recalls work is you have to vote for the recall. And if the recall succeeds, who do you vote for? And so it's vote yes, vote Josh. And so they, they were mad because the Democrats were all mad because I confused their voters. Their argument was literally our voters are dumb. Hey, you can, you can, voters are yeah. dumb. You can, but they said you confuse people. You manipulated people. I'm like, so you, you're telling me your, your voters, Democrats, don't know the difference between last names? Your voters are that dumb? And that was their argument. So they, they don't like me. So a lot of people in local politics really don't like me for my, for my shenanigans and my trolling and different things that I do. And so nobody really, even people who agree with that what's happening to me is wrong, some of them are hesitant to come to my aid because partisan politics, nonsense, whatever. Because, you know, I'm, I'm going to be that guy that's like, I ran in the recall because Josh Newman lied to my face. I mean, he, he was just a manipulative sort of heel. And that's... I could say it's backfired on me, you know, being a malcontent or whatever, but that's just, that's the nature of who I am. But it also shows the colors of people. When you see how corrupt government is and how they'll go after people, I, right. I, I believe it's not, it's a misattribution because Voltaire never said it, but it's the idea of, I, I disagree with what you say, but I'll defend it to death, you're right to say it. Um, never actually, he, Voltaire didn't say it, but it is attributed, it's the premise of what he was saying at the time. Right. And I believe in that. I'm like, hey, you have liberty. I'm going to protect your liberty. I may not like what you're doing, but uh, I'm going to protect it as long as, as long as it's consensual. You're not harming other people. It's sort of the right. nap from a principle. And you see how much of that's not the case with most people. Yeah. When most people are like, well, I don't like you, so I don't care what happens. You're like, ooh, um, wow, okay, well, that's cool. And so well, I don't... First they came for Josh. Yeah. And right. I was like, I don't like that dude anyway. Yeah, I don't like... <laughs> but then, I don't like you know, his, next thing like you know, beard. you're getting you're getting beat down by the Fullerton Police Department or you're getting... Or you're getting... You know, or your wife wanders out of the house up and you know yeah going in jail and whatever you know if you first you, you first, they, first they went after me for clicking on for allegedly clicking on dropbox links next thing they're gonna go after you for clicking on their facebook account you know yeah we're calling them out we're calling them out on facebook <laughs> you know, they're, they're doing shenanigans and stuff like that i mean so like uh i guess where do you go from here man so well you know it, it's a lot of wait and see because you never know how far it's going to go basically we have a status hearing uh, like I said, this this or next week. I'm not. It, it's always the days always move. And then allegedly we have a date for the trial court in the end of February. I think February 27th. And then who knows? And then after that, I mean, these cases can drag on for years. That's the problem is that you end up in a situation where it depends on how hard they want to appeal it and whether we want to appeal it or not. Now, legally, I think we're in the right, so we have no reason not to appeal it except for financially. What I do beyond that, I don't know. Like I said at the start it, uh, earlier, not the start, but earlier, it cost me my job. It's cost my wife has lost clients. They directly will out who they are, but directly over this because uh, they've called us hackers and thieves, not just like an allusion to in their briefings. Like at a city council meeting, the city attorney, Kim Marlowe, called us hackers and thieves in open court, hackers and thieves. Like they keep running this around and all of the people that are sort of the glad handing go-to people for the city, all of the, all the sort of, yes people in the city are all running around to that as well. I don't know if it's true, but I heard a rumor that they had an all hands on deck with the police department right after that happened and that we hacked their data and that we're hackers and thieves and all these things. And so it becomes an issue of how do you fight these allegations? How do you do this? And how do you 
how do you look for an like how do I look for an uh, employment at a reasonable place and be like oh by the way uh, go ahead and Google my name right. you know go ahead and see what's what's going on until you win this so right now I mean we're okay uh, from a personal level um, a friend of ours uh, Gary, you know, Gary knows him as well my friend Eric set up a GoFundMe which allowed us to sort of make it through rent and bills and what have you um, my wife and I did the math of what what's happened to her work because of this today and it was astounding what it actually has cost us that we didn't even consider early on. And now it's a matter of try to move on while fighting this. It's not something that goes away overnight. It's not something that goes away over in a month or two. I mean, this is something that's, let's see, October to February, that's four months there. You know, that's just a start. If it goes to trial, even if, even if, even if after all is said and done, everything's, Settled. You guys win. Where do you go completely. back to get your reputation? Where do you go? Who do you go back still, to to get your reputation? Well, yes, I, 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 continue on. Right? Yeah, yeah. So I still lost. So I still lost the job. I still lost the friends. I still. I'm never getting that back. I mean, I had somebody ask me in a sort of a backdoor channel way, uh, "Can I negotiate with you for the city because I can get you your attorney's fees?" And I was like, "Kick rocks, man. I'm gonna." I said it nicer because I'm friends with the guy, but I'm like, "No, because hey, if we win, we're getting our attorney's fees anyways. So you're not right. offering me anything." But the city cost me a job that I'd had for almost a decade. They cost me friends that I'd had for 20 years. I mean, b borderline family at this, at this place. I lost those. I'm not getting those back. They cost my wife uh, acquaintances and, 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 and uh, clients. Like, she's not getting those back. So you, you don't, you're, you're never really made whole on that. And I can't, the way the law is written, I can't counter to the city necessarily. I'm not sure if I can or not on, on the facts until this all plays out. If we have to win before we can prove malicious uh, prosecution or defamation or those things, and even those are such a high bar to win in California, it's really kind of ridiculous that there is not much you can do. So at that point you go, okay, now, like I had um, a local college newspaper, the, the Fullerton Hornet actually interviewed me over like a three hour interview. We were talking about this stuff, and the, the funniest thing she asked me, and it was one of those problems, I, I'm very honest about what I believe, which I probably shouldn't be sometimes, but she said, uh, are you very patriotic about Fullerton? Like, do you think this is something you'll continue doing? I'm like, I don't care at all about Fullerton. Like, I care insofar as I live here. I believe it's your civic duty to care about where you live. I believe it's your duty to care about your friends and your neighbors and your, and your, and your cohorts and make sure that where you live is better. Like, I don't do this in Laguna because I don't live in Laguna. But if I did, right. I would. Right. Like, I'm not, I don't care about, I, ha I literally live in Fullerton because it's the only place that would take our dog at the time. There was one of two places we could find that took large breed dogs when we were looking for an apartment. Mm -hmm. Like, it was happenstance. So at that point, do we stay in Fullerton? Do we not? I don't know. Do we, do we deal with the fallout? Do we deal with all this further? I don't know. I mean, my reputation's been dragged through the mud with a lot of people, uh, both in and out of government. People... People, I've heard the things that people say that are both factually wrong and, and, and borderline defamation just based out of spite. And I don't know that I want to continue to deal with that. Um, what I do personally, I don't know. I'll, I'll probably go back to back to the podcast and try to, you know, take some money from YouTube or something that way. But other than that, I'm not sure. It, it's a hard one because you sit at home and you go, wow, my life's been upended over nonsense. Now what? Because it, it, it's only been a month, like you know, a month and a half. It's, yeah. it's still raw. It's still weird to wake right. up and go like, I wake up and oldest looks at me and goes, we used to always laugh. He used to always have a mommy day or a daddy day based on who was going to work. And I'm like, I'm still, he still comes up to me. It's like, why is it, why is it a daddy day? Why are you here? And I'm like, well, because <laughs> remember how I, remember how I told you that the government messed up time? <laughs> well, they also, <laughs> they all, you know how they messed up money and that's why Bitcoin was traded. Well, they also messed up my job. So I don't know. Yeah. I don't know what the future holds. 
is the GoFundMe still up or you? It is. Uh, it is. Uh, it's, it's, um, I think it's posted on most, on, uh, Fullerton and Future has a, a post from a couple of days back. I think it's on our Facebook or what have you, but yeah. What yeah. is the, the Fullerton's Future? Fullerton's, it's Fullerton's Future, Fullerton's Future.org. Uh, I don't post there too often. I used to post very often regularly, but then it, I sort of got tired of some of the city stuff and then they sued me and I've sort of been, I, I, I post big updates on the case and that's about it. Uh, I also post it on my own site, which is the hourly struggle. I have, like, if you, anybody who wants to read the court documents, all of the court documents, like, as I get them, I put them onto Google Drive. I am not giving you express authorization to click those links, though. Dang it! So just so you know. <laughs> um, but, yeah, if you go to hourlystruggle.com, you can you can actually see a blog post on there that's all Fullerton lawsuit documents. And I've, server, I've separated them out by... Uh, city filings, our filings, and then just miscellaneous court documents and briefs and whatnot. So every time I get an email with something new, I just immediately drop it in there. Well, it's my hope. You know, I've been I've been reading on the case and following your posts as well as um, you know some of the logs and stuff as well. Um, and for me as a tech guy, I think my biggest hope is just um, the people will open their eyes a little bit and they'll understand why it's important. Because honestly, I see what the city's doing to you. And their main case against you is just confuse the crap out of everybody with jargon and with... They're baffling with BS. Right. And, you know, people have to be smarter than that. They they have to know what they're dealing with when they're dealing with the internet, when they're dealing with any data at all. And hopefully, you know, it's a little hope, but um, hopefully we're making that point um, to people to get smart. I like to see that. I like to see two things happen. It's one, where on the computer side, people realize that data and data security and all those things are important, but also accountability is important. And accountability on the, right. on the, on the side of the, the person who made you look the fool, but the accountability on the side of the fool. I, I, did, the, I did the basic math. So there's a website called Transparent California, and it's where a nonprofit goes through, and they post all the salaries and pensions for everyone, every government employee in California, for the agencies that follow the law, at least. And I did the basic math just on sort of back of the napkin math. And I was like, wow. So the uh, gross negligence of the city comes to the tune of about a half a million dollars a year in payroll. Like the mm. people who directly, t- yeah. and that's not even kind of the city manager, I don't think. It's like the people who directly touched this problem and knew about this problem. It's like half a million dollars a year mm-hmm. versus me, a guy who worked retail, you know, and I, you know, I, I won't say how much I make, but it's well, well, well below the poverty line. <laughs> it's like versus me. And anyway, it's, it's that sort of not not to be pedantic about it, but it's that like David versus Goliath problem. It's like you got these experts, these uh, the best of the best. We have to pay these. That's what the government will tell you every time. We have to pay these salaries and pensions. We have to give them all these benefits, all this money, because we only work for going, only bring in the best. You know, like the best screwed up in a grossly negligent fashion. Right. And, and they will not be held accountable. And none of them will be held accountable, except yeah. maybe the IT person who I heard either resigned or retired or they fired. I don't know what happened with her, but maybe her. But nobody else, no, none of the city attorneys, none of the city manager, not the HR person, nobody else who knew about this is going to be held accountable. Nobody with actually skin in the game is going to be held accountable. Right. But they're going to come after me, the lowly malcontent, because I happened to upset them. I, I kicked over the apple cart one too many times. I called. Well, them a, they hate, well, a, as you said, they hate you. And B, it's, a, it's not just to terrorize you oh no, no, it's, it's to, a, it's to terrorize the next person who would dare follow in your footsteps oh it's an absolute chilling effect i mean the idea that you know they came after this like what else can we publish what else can we say what else can somebody else publish i mean when they come after me 
other blogs have to worry about and go, oh, am I going to be liable for that also? I mean, that chills speech across the entire state, if not the country, of, oh, crap, this could cost me tens of, I mean, our legal fees, not not just my lawyer's fees, like her hourly rate or whatever, but our, our straight filing fees are thousands and thousands of dollars at this point. Right. And it's that problem where you go, oh, crap, maybe I don't want to do that. Maybe I don't want to attach my name to something. Most of the people who write for the blog, Fullerton's Future, are anonymous. There are three named bloggers in the last four years, three years. Myself, David Curley, who's being sued, and a guy named Sean, who's a lawyer, who is not part of this proceeding for uh, reasons, I guess. The city chose not to sue him. Uh, he hasn't written anything in a while, so maybe that's why. But everyone else who writes for the blog is anonymous because they're worried about retaliation. It's funny. So when I brought the blog back in 2016 when our city manager hit a tree, uh, I was told to write under a pseudonym. They're like, don't do it. Don't use your name. Don't do it. And I'm like, ah, like, what, what, it'll, be, it'll be fine. What's going to happen? Whatever. <laughs> and I was sort of the face, sort of despite the fact that I don't own the blog. It's not my blog. I, I just happen to write on it. I don't know who all the anonymous bloggers are, uh, truth be told. I have an idea of who some of them are, kind of, but I couldn't prove it. And um, I was like, ah, it'll be fine. But people think I'm the blog. They think I run it. They think I run, like, I don't even know what the comments are half the time. And the people think that that's me, which is kind of annoying and hilarious. But I used my real name and I convinced my friend David to use his real name. And now we're both being sued. And it's like, oh, crap. Maybe we shouldn't have done that. But what does that tell people? That tells people that this blog exists. These two guys used their actual names on it, and we sued them for something that they themselves didn't publish, which tells everybody else, you want to start a local blog in your in your city, your neighborhood? Guess what? Now you know that your government can sue you for something that you may not directly have done or for an allegation that just stretches the broadest rating of the CFAA past its breaking point to a the laughably absurdable level of that. That's what they want, you know, that's what they'll come at you with. They'll come at you with, with a civil, prof my city is coming at me with a civil provision of a federal law. I mean, that's how bad it is. And it's like, oh, oh, you know, and everybody else sees that, you know, so it, yeah, you're right. It's a chilling effect. It's, it's, and that's why the reporters committee got involved. That's why a couple other news organizations got involved. I've talked, I've talked to somebody at the LA times. They haven't written anything. I've spoken to somebody from the center to protect journalists and that one confused me like they they i realize it's sort of you don't realize how serious something happening to you is until like you realize how serious it is like by happenstance like they they reached out to me and i was talking to them and i'm like oh what are they what group are they i'm like thinking it's some like local nonprofit or whatever like it's some dude in his basement or whatever so i'm thinking like half the liberty groups you know the, the right. liberty the liberty think tanks or whatever <laughs> and I'm like, I, you know I, yeah. I type it into google and i'm like oh like these are the guys talking about like Khashoggi. like these are the guys talking about like like the journalists that are being imprisoned in iran and syria and all that type of stuff and you're like oh no they're serious like, oh, they think this is serious. Like, if they think this is serious, this is probably serious. Like, maybe I need to be a little bit more concerned right now about what they're, yeah, what they're trying to I do. Bet, yeah, this, you know, like, this should be chilling. I don't mean to talk of technological terror, but this is technological. Yeah, I yeah, mean. It, but if they got, here's the thing. If the city got the, the court, and they've tried twice now, if they got the court to overturn the TRO, the restraining order, and they got the entire restraining order granted, they would have access to my entire digital life, which means my in the house, that would be my wife's phone. That would mean her entire digital life, which means her all of her clients, everything she she's a hairdresser, all the things she does. Mm -hmm. uh, my sister-in-law lives with us, which means her entire digital life would be taken from her. I mean, all of that would just be absconded with by law enforcement to claw back data that they incompetently, by their own admission, not, this isn't even me saying or admitting anything, by their own arguments, they incompetently put online. 
and they will punish all of us and dig through everything they can and everything we know. Now, as a sidebar, what I would say, what this really proves, F the Senate, what this really proves is that everybody really needs to start using things like Signal yeah. and applications that have end-to-end -end encryption. Yep. And you need to start using, don't use Facebook Messenger anymore, use Signal, you can make phone calls on there, it auto-deletes, you can set how quickly it deletes from 15 minutes to, to never. You know, use encrypted services, use the Onion network, you know, use Tor, or Onion router, sorry. You know, use the Tor network, You buy a good VPN, research it, and all of those things to delete, have zero logs, and delete as much data as you can. Because even in something benign, if you write something they don't like, they will come after you. You know, oh, you yeah. do things, they will try to come after particularly, you. If you yeah, are, particularly on these platforms, right? And you have these, you have all these kind of tech bloggers and these tech writers, and particularly even writers in places like the Washington Post and New York Times writing op-eds about, you know, these platforms need to exert some sort of authority over the type of speech that are on their platforms. You, you guys have to understand, right? The, I mean, it's it's insidious. It's it's like you said. It's 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 like the government incompetence trickling down to the state and then trickling down to the city. It's also trickle down tyranny because they think they can do it. They think they should and could, should be able to get away with it. And you have a lot of useful idiots who've been grown and sent off to sent off to the Roman schools and educated foolishly about that this this is something that the government should be doing. Well, you right? Yeah. And like someone got up in front of the government, someone from the government, a representative of the state, got up and said that you guys are hackers and thieves. So, ergo, in the public mind, we are hackers and thieves. Yeah, right. And like these, it's free speech is not to protect, like you know, the the the, the typical opinions that we see all over the place oh, when we look the, at any news story. The, the corporate press is to protect malcontents like you. Thank God. Well, um, I, I was actually thinking about that a few days ago. So. Um... I, I saw an event that it was basically the, the the cathedral patting themselves on the back for being the cathedral, you know, the ivory the ivory tower, the corporate press, talking about how awesome they were for being awesome. And you're like, congratulations, like like ninety percent of you work for six corporations, and you and like you have like one reporter for like three million people. Like you're you're doing such yeoman's work. Whereas if you were actually cared about information, you'd be working with local blogs and local malcontents, getting as much information as you could out there. And it made me think about the First Amendment in a really way I hadn't thought of before. So I, I don't mean to get too stupid about this, but like the podcast that I have is titled The Hourly Struggle. And the reason it's titled that is because that name comes from an 1861 discourse that was given at the Paine celebration for Thomas Paine uh, by a man named Orson Murray. And it was called The Struggle of the Hour. And a lot of, and, and he was a, he was very contentious in his day. He was an anti-Mason in the 1830s, and he was a, a vegan and an atheist up until when he died. I think he died in 18, like 1890, and he denounced God on his deathbed, which whether you were religious or not, I think that's, if you've ever read Kurt Vonnegut's book, Cat's Cradle, there's this whole thing about how everyone believes in a certain religion, and then when they die, they don't. Like, all of a sudden, they're like, no, 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 just kidding. Like, we really believe in something. Like, that's that's totally the, the, the cliche about atheists. Like, no, on his deathbed, he was like, no, he still didn't believe in God. And he was cremated. And this whole story is an interesting guy to me. And he's mostly interested in me because he's, like, my sixth great-grandfather. Like, I'm directly related to this guy. I named my middle child after him. I disagree with him on a lot. But his belief was that people were, and you have to understand, this is 1861. So this is uh, Civil War time, right? Uh, huge contentious issues, and everyone saw he was an early abolitionist. He was part of the uh, the New England, or for, 
I want to say New England Abolition Society. Frederick Douglass mentions him in his papers. Um, mm-hmm. And he was talking about how everyone was worried about the removing people from bondage, the physical physical slavery. And he says, well, the, the thing that he was worried about beyond that was slavery of the mind. And it was mostly religious-based, but the idea that people are beholden to these ideas that they haven't thought about or haven't, you know, put, put mind into. And so what made me, the reason I thought about all that was because he was a newspaper man. And that not like 1940s working for the Times or the local daily or not today where you work for the big corporation. He wrote his own newspaper like his son was his printer sort of thing. Like they had I have I have one of it's volume one of six, I think. And it's like or maybe it's volume six. But I have one of six volumes of, of prints that he made that were bound into books in the 1870s that I found on eBay or of all places. And I'm like, I have one of those. But he actually, you know, put the put the, the the blocks down for the letters and wrote, you know, put the editorials together and found things and wrote his own newspaper. He had the the regenerator in the eight seventeen and the eighteen thirties or forties in Vermont, and then he had another paper, and then he had you know what he did at the end, and that is who the First Amendment was written for: people that people hated, that didn't like, they didn't like, they didn't agree with them, that were outside the mainstream, who were saying things that were contentious and irritable. This guy was run out of a ra- literally run out of a, on a rail out of multiple towns back in the day because again he was a abolitionist back before it was cool back in like the agreed believed in women's equality and women's rights back in like the 1840s and 50s you know decade and a half before the civil war and that is who the first amendment was to protect not for some corporate interest not for not for uh the hearst inc corporation that owns 25 papers or 50 papers across the country language yeah not for msnbc It, it was written for your local rag it was written for your local malcontent it was written for the person who was pissing off the establishment and driving people insane and saying uncomfortable truths and if you aren't willing to defend those people and I consider myself one of them to a lesser degree in a lot of ways, but if you aren't willing to defend those people, you don't really believe in that liberty. Like I know right. people who are cr- just crazy to the nth degree. I know a guy who think in, in my town, he's run for city council. He believes that 5G is designed to make us all infertile and that Apple is trying to make us all sterile and that the earth is flat <laughs> okay. and all of these things. And he's huge on, I mean, I'm not, I'm not going to go against his beliefs on the Illuminati necessarily, but he's cr- just a lot of stuff that you're like, wow, this is, this is special. Like, this is really special. <laughs> and, um, and it's kind of amazing. You're like, wow, really? But I will still defend his ability to be, to be what I think is crazy. Sure. Because yes. I'd rather yeah. be, I'd rather live with the dangers of liberty than the, than the, than the actual dangers of tyranny. Because what's the worst with, the, with having to deal with crazy people? You're like, oh, he's crazy. I, I can just right. argue past him. Right. You know, I can just I can just right. go up at an elevated position and point out the curvature of the earth, and we're good. You know, problem solved. My kids yeah. don't have to worry about him anymore. Right. As opposed to the tyranny that comes with suppressing all of that, which is way more dangerous. I would rather live knowing that I have to talk to that guy at my local grocery store than knowing that there's some social score being tabulated by the NSA on whether or not I have rights today or not. Right. Yeah. In light of that, right, you were saying that definitely the issue, a lot of these big newspapers, the big corporates, right, and these people who are hitting the local beat, particularly the one guy from the LA Times that his whole beat is like Orange County and stuff like that. You know, why isn't that individual plugged more into these local blogs? You know, alternative sources of news for the longest time have informed me about a lot of things. I think, case in point, like, Speaking of, you know, technological suppression, like the Uyghur story has been written about by blogs and many other alternative oh. sources for a decade. 
Oh, Dan rather and lost, then all, Dan rather lost his job because he put on a he put a document on its evidence on his newscast that was found out by believe the blog Little Green Footballs analyzed it looked at the the spacing on the letters because I was a typography nerd looked at the spacing on the letters and and ran it through a bunch of uh, different programs and found out that that document allegedly about George W Bush's Air National Guard service from the sixties was actually was done in word was done in a 2004 version of word on a macintosh like that was it was a blogger that took down dan rather it was a it would it was and the thing is is that that's what i hate so much about the corporate press and the ivory tower the the cathedral as it were is that they never give credence where credence is due like i have a couple of tv journalists uh news newscasters who will when some big story breaks in fullerton text me immediately have you heard about this like I've been on CBS and NBC when the city manager hit a tree because I'm the one that wrote about it and a couple other issues that happened in Fullerton. I've been on the local radio station because of some of the things we broke it on the blog. We've broken more news stories in Fullerton of import that that's that now there have been big stories that the police have talked about or like a car chase happened and of course there's helicopters on the scene. But actual of important news stories, the blog has broken more than most people. But local news doesn't talk to us. Orange County Register doesn't yeah, talk what do to you, us. LA what do you think happened? What, do you, what is your opinion? What do you think happened to that? Because there was a time where AOL was attempting something called Patch. I know Facebook has tried to, well, had tried in the past to fund local news and, and be be more of a local source of news. I mean, what do you think happened, right? Well, I mean, because all, it, it's not it, like the resources don't exist. It's, it's not it's, like it's all the people are out there doing these things. What happened? It's because it's all corporatized and the problem, and it's all sanitized. The problem is, is that if you were to try to run a situation, a system like that, you're like, okay, well, we're going to get a bunch of local journalists together and we want to talk about these issues. The first thing that they do is they run to the local J schools. They run to the local colleges. They run to all these people. And one, that's an ideological vacuum. All right. So that's the first problem. And two, yeah. it's all people trying to get into the journalistic world. So they're all do, still doing things that will qualify to allow them to work for the LA Times or allow them to work for the New York Times or Washington Post or whoever else. They're still going to try to follow in that world because they're J school people. No corporation, no person wants to come down to a local blog and come to somebody like me because I'm a malcontent. I write the way I talk. I don't censor myself. I do censor. I do censor my 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 more colorful language from the blog because it's, it's a, you know it's you know we appreciate that. I don't want to be deplatformed as it were. <laughs> but the issue is, is that by and large, I don't censor my viewpoints. I don't censor my opinions, and my opinions run up against a lot of people and a lot of interests. Well, if you're worried, even if you're AOL, you're like, yeah, we want to have local news. You still want ad revenue. You still want clicks. Mm -hmm. And if you're upsetting people now, what they haven't realized, especially in these giant corporate worlds, is that the Howard Stern effect is a good thing. 50% of the people who watched Howard Stern watched him or listened to him because they loved what he had to say and they wanted to hear what he was going to say next. 50% listened to him because they hated what he said and they wanted to hear what he was going to say next. And there is that side of it. But most, and, and it's also the lie of objectivity. It's that people believe that journalists have ever been objective and that's never been the case. Everybody has a bias and that the, the best thing you can do is be honest about your bias and talk about it. Yeah, this is what I believe. Absolutely. I'm going to come at everything from a liberty standpoint, from a from basically from an anarchist standpoint, and I'm going to work my way down from there. I'm going to come at everything from an I don't trust you because you work from the government standpoint. And we're going to work our way from there. These are the things I believe. And we're going to build out. But most people yeah. who play in the journalistic world pretend that they're objective. They pretend that they're Joe Friday. Just the facts, ma'am. Just the facts. And it's never the case. 
And so it becomes this point of like when they have to present that and they want to present that to the world, it immediately becomes corporatized. Uh, And the thing I just saw, somebody from the San Francisco Chronicle, the the Brian Carmody case I talked about earlier, the guy who had his door kicked in by SFPD, the Chronicle admits to having that information before he did and they weren't going to publish it because they didn't want to publish something that was that divisive with the public defender's office and the, and the police department. And this independent right. journalist did. And they well, did they hide behind, did they hide behind the fact that it was vetted or whatever? Well, that's the big concern. You hear a lot it's, of. it's usually vetted or it, it puts somebody, it, 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 it lent, I think what they were talking about was it lent, it lent itself to questions of corruption that couldn't be proven. Like it was more contentious than it was news. It was more subjective than it was news. And so they buried right. it that way. And then when he po- had it published through the news, when he sold it and they put it on their t- on TV and they came, and the SFPD and others kicked his door and they went, oh crap, they could kick our door in too. And now all of a sudden they started to care. Now, thankfully they started yeah, to care. Well, yeah, the, the corporate lawyers come to them and say like, oh, hey, oh. Here's, here's the thing, guys. Yeah. Oh crap. There's advertisers, there's, there's people in city hall, there's this, there's that, there's the other thing. You, you need some exorbitant exponential many many sources to vet this story before you go to press with it even though you were probably tight tight with two or three sources yeah you know this might do whatever i mean the epstein case is is it's a chief example of that with abc oh yeah um the harvey weinstein was was a huge factor in that I mean, the greatest conspiracies that I'd ever heard growing up in the growing up in the hood and the barbershop was the fact that the CIA was moving drugs into the African American community. Hyperbolic, yes. Some of that turned out to be not entirely false. Yeah, it and was. So- it was way. It was. <laughs> it was very complex how it was. How it actually worked. But it yes. was, and, and the problem was, and so it's funny that that's sort of a, a thing that I uh, was thinking about not too long ago. It's an interesting problem because that's an issue where you're like, okay, technically, yes, really convoluted. And it was mostly a money laundering thing. Like they they weren't bringing drugs into the hood because they were trying to destroy the hood necessarily. They were bringing drugs into the hood because they really, really, really wanted to launder money. And it was a super easy way to do it with a complete, with a, with with complicit uh, groups, like gang, gang members and what have you. There were specific groups that are like, yeah, we can capitalize on this. Let's fucking do it. You know, we'll exploit our own neighborhoods to, to make money. And they just capitalize the hell on that. It's like, it's like a cocaine in Hollywood. Like the Oscars are kind of like the it's like the second Christmas because there's there's mountains of like mountains of cocaine in everybody's party. Yeah, you know it's like, to this day. To this, yeah, to this day, you know you know Charlie Sheen's on on TV. You know back in the day, you know like a giant mountain of you know uh, what's his name Pacino levels of coke, Scarface. Yeah, yeah, Tony Montana levels of money. Yeah, and it's that sort of yeah. thing where it's like they 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 sell all those things in those neighborhoods because they're like, oh, we can launder a crap load of money doing this. So it was complex and convoluted, but it was true. And nobody believed it for like, what, 20 years, 25 years, maybe longer. And you're like, oh, wait. And there's all these stories like that that you can find out about. You're like, oh, wait, that was true. What's the the Clint Eastwood movie right now? The Richard Jewell movie. And you're like, the media worked with the government to destroy a guy. And you're like, oh, and now when was the Atlanta bombing? 93? 1996. I remember it specifically. Yeah. So we're, yeah. So what, 23 years later, the truth is finally coming out in a rational way. I mean, yeah. The, the, the no, movie, isn't the, that crazy? Duke the, Lacrosse, same way. Yeah, the, the, I, I, remember, I remember these things, the, right? The, the movie Bombshell, so like, that's coming out, and that's based on Roger Ailes. And I've seen people all over the place are like, well, why are they doing a Roger Ailes movie? Because it's Fox News. Why are they doing a Roger Ailes movie? It's not a Harvey Weinstein or Matt Lauer movie. But I'm like, well, because Roger Ailes is dead. 
They're not going to do a Harvey Weinstein. <laughs> exactly. Right. They're not going to do a Harvey Weinstein. The Epstein Weinstein. one will come quick. Yeah. Well, here's the deal. I don't think the Epstein one will come right because a lot of people got to. Oh, and, um, and a lot of people are going to a lot of a lot of skeletons and stuff. I mean, hell, I mean, you know even out here in New Mexico, where the where the um, some local bloggers were just kind of looking into the fact, like, hey, he had a ranch out in the East Mountains. Yeah, you know that, right? With, what happened with like, that? that? Bill that, Richardson, that, the former governor, was there at one time too, right? I mean, like that dude, story just fell off the map. Like it was just like, like here's a ranch over here, and then nothing came of it. Like what? Well, the problem is, is that you can't make an Epstein movie because they still the Clintons still have a lot of people to suicide before you can make that That's movie. True. <laughs> yeah, <they're> also, <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> you know, Matt Lauer's it's, story it's will come funny out how that, it's, it's funny how that that I, I'm not even now that the older now that I'm older I'm like I'm willing to see that maybe there is such thing as a Clinton body count hashtag Clinton body count right yeah, yeah. because it's a hell of a coincidence how many people have ended up dead who have messed with them but and that but I think that's the, the interesting thing about we have is that the, the corporate press has done such a good job marginalizing outside voices and they have said such a I, I think I think I don't want to go like conspiracy theory with this necessarily, but I think it's an interesting point where anything that's outside the mainstream almost falls into that conspiracy mentality. You know, it's like yes. if you believe that Epstein didn't kill himself, you're a conspiracy person. If you believe that, well, you're, you you immediately get the uh, the condescension from yeah, you're immediately a kook. Yeah. Like, and it's anything. It's like if you if you had any if you had any questions about like. Um, uh, well, let's use the big ones like 9-11 you're like how did a passport survive covered in gasoline two miles away like that's weird like what are you a truther you're like well you're gonna turn me into one if you keep treating me like an a-hole yeah yeah question. right that's the thing right. right they they i mean in face in facebook and all these other social media platforms are notorious for this it's like where's where's all this radicalization and hatred and 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 all this all this vitriol coming from on the internet it's like well you you are suppressing a lot of ideas some you crazy know, some not yeah, so crazy you back, you back uh, the animal into a eric charamella right? for instance yeah like i can't hey, ask careful yeah, yeah, okay. I want to get demonetized. You know, going to in jail for that one. I, I can't. Yeah, I might get my. Uh, yeah, I might have gotten. Sorry. Yeah, you just violated some federal statute. I, yeah. I, I just don't get it. Like, you can't ask questions about anything anymore without the, the corporate press just belittling you and everybody in the cathedral just sort of backing away. You know, like we still don't know the whole story with the Las Vegas shooter. Like that's one of the largest shootings this in American history. This is true. And you're like, and they just drop right. it. Like it, it's that thing where these big stories, like uh, they spent MSNBC, I think, spends more time talking about the misspellings in Trump's tweets oh, than they, they, than they did about like, so the, like the Epstein story or the Las Vegas shooter. And it's like CNN ran a story back when what was the Malaysian Air flight? They actually ran an actual story on CNN about whether or not it had it had gone into a black hole. Like, I remember that were, specifically because Don Lemon had actually brought that up possibility, and the person that was on the other screen with Don uh, with Don Lemon was like, um, "No, I mean, they didn't really know how to answer the question." You're like, "Wait, what?" Right? But that's that thing. Though. Yeah. They, but you, but you get so what happens is you have this the news that doesn't want to follow, follow any strings on anything, and so you can't get to a point where you're like, "Well, that's a rational question. That's a stupid question." But everybody's crazy if you don't follow the the the, the proper narrative. And which pushes us on the internet or uh, other people into areas where we have to talk to people we don't want to. We have to s associate with like the, the the people that we really don't want to deal with. Where you're like, I just want to know like who was on Epstein's island. But now I got to talk to people talking about the Illuminati because ABC yeah, spiked the story. Yeah, that's unfortunate. But I mean, that's true. That's what they've done. They've suppressed this stuff. Twitter and Facebook, particularly Twitter, was the first place I'd ever really heard of like. The Uyghur insurg or the Uyghur uprisings in Western China. Yeah. I saw this back in 2010, 
Yeah. And like I saw this on Twitter. And like now I mean And still Twitter it, it, is, except for it, Yeah, yeah, it's well, still going on. But the thing is like Twitter's where I went, but Twitter was good. Twitter had its niche, but now they've become they're just Facebook Lite. They're just yeah. they're just Facebook status That's basically updates. What it is it, now. It, 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 it's the Facebook status update minus everything else. But that was the thing is that you used to have a point where you could go in and look at these various issues. You could look at these various topics and talking points, and Facebook sanitized it all obviously, and MySpace everyone else did. But like Twitter, yeah, you would talk like you would see things like holy crap, they're harvesting organs from yeah, like yeah, for, yeah like, for, from the um, find that like, religious what? minority. Yeah, you'll find it on like one Twitter account or whatever. And then who's posted it on Facebook? Meme lords. I mean, that's, that's it. Like right. The only people talking about the truth about half this stuff like, are meme lords and, and, and Twitter malcontents. And it's, it's that problem where technology has gotten to be so ubiquitous. And so, and I think really what, what to sort of circle back, one of the biggest problems we have nowadays when it comes to the press and comes to, to, to people in general is that it's become so homogenized. Like yeah. we're all of the age that we should remember the early internet, where like you had AOL chat rooms or IRC or whatever. Oh yeah, bulletin boards. Oh, yeah. Remind me to age to yeah to show my age. Oh yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Oh, oh what that was a oh what notification exactly news groups and whatnot news groups and you would go oh, to your own yeah, specific niches. You'd go to the certain things that you enjoyed, the certain things you like talking about, the certain worlds you were in. But once it all became social media, and now you go into Facebook, and I catch myself all the time. I don't use Facebook as much as I used to, but used to go on there all the time. You go, oh, I want to post something. You're like, oh wait, my 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 aunt's gonna see that. Or, oh wait, it's like the the South Park episode. Like, hey Stan, how come you're not friends with Grandma? And you're just like, I don't, because I, I don't want to deal with that. Because like, it's not that I don't like. That's not I don't like Grandma. Because Grandma like, kept reposting the fact that you know oh during God, the election the, that the uh, Hillary Clinton was indicted. When I told, yeah. The truth. <laughs> it was just, it's that thing, but it's that thing and you just look at it and you're like oh my god it's ridiculous and so but as it's become more homogenized as it's become more ridiculous you get these points like to use an early example of facebook i remember one of the biggest pages on facebook at one point was can this pickle get more likes than nickelback <laughs> and that was one of, <laughs> and that was one of the early things that was sort of the crap on nickelback sort of things and everyone's sort of done that and i'm like okay well i've listened to nickelback and i've listened to the songs that were on the radio and like their actual albums and, and I'm like, I, I kind of like a couple other songs because it's just generic 90s, early 2000s rock. It's just, it's, it's pablum. It's nothing great. They're not breaking ground or anything. But I'll be honest, most punk bands stopped breaking ground 30 years ago too. So what the hell? Yeah, but yeah, yeah. It was like, but every, but everybody You're right. Wanted, it's the homogenization. Yeah, everybody wanted to be Homogenization of all things, like yeah. the sanitation of everything. And, and it's, and it's thing, and you see that across everything. So it's like nowadays you see like this sort of this chic nerd culture and it, which really pisses me off on the internet where they're just like, oh, well, I'm such a nerd because I like Marvel movies. I'm like, oh, really? You like movies that made a billion dollars? Congratulations. You saw what everybody saw. Oh, no, I like Star Wars. Star Wars made so much money. There were lines around the block when it was released. It's been pop culture since day one. Just stop. And it's that thing where everybody consumes the same media, right. the same information, the same links, the same social networks, the same everything. And so anybody who steps out of line immediately becomes marginalized. And yeah. when you become marginalized, you end up in, and we've seen this in some of the groups that we're, that we're collectively in, where you're yeah. like, oh, I may be a minarchist or an anarchist or whatever else. And you're like, oh, but now I have to hang out with 
uh, uh, let's say the, the Calvinist anarchists or the atheist anarchists. Now I got to hang out with these other sort of subgroups that I may not fit in with because it's the only place I can talk about taking down the Fed. <laughs> you know, yeah, like, like I can't yeah. have these conversations in polite society because it's outside the mainstream. And now I have to talk about that. And I remember, and this is going to be, I, I apologize in advance for the stupidity of this. I really do, but it's a good example. I remember when, when, when a Barack Obama was running for the presidency and there was a whole thing about his birth certificate and it was this whole like this whole birther movement and that was the big sort of pejorative against people who questioned it and I had this one question that nagged at me for the longest time and I just went on an answer to it and I couldn't answer ask it anywhere because I was immediately he would just be immediately marginalized and that was my wake-up moment for oh the cathedral hates you and wants you to ask nothing and it was a stupid question but I'll give you a, an example so my mother was adopted by her stepdad okay both of her parents are now deceased which means that my mother's birth certificate when she was adopted was changed. When you're adopted, you have the option and most people choose it to change your name. Okay. So my mother, my mother's yeah, birth yeah. name on her birth certificate, her last name is her stepdad's name. Legally to change that back, she would have to ha go to court and have her parents, at least one of her parents, if not both, sign off on it. Both her parents are deceased. I called the state of California and they were confused. They were like, we've never heard of this before. Like, we don't even know how you would adjudicate this. Like, we don't even know how we would fix this. So it's a process to legally change your name. So my question, knowing this history, having gone through it with my own family, I was like, well, Barack Obama was adopted by his stepdad, Lolo Sotero. His name was legally changed to Barry Sotero, which means his birth certificate likely was changed to Barry Sotero as his birth name, as his legal name. So when was it changed back? Because his long-form birth certificate from when he was born that Hawaii released wouldn't be his original birth certificate because he was adopted. I know this because that's how it works. Or was his name never legally changed? Because if his name wasn't legally changed, which it would have been on this birth certificate, if his name wasn't legally changed, then he couldn't have had the password that he had, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. And so I wanted to know that information from a technical standpoint. And I was like, I can't ask this. Because oh, yeah. all these fucking crazies, oh, yeah, all these crazies yeah. from these religious groups and everyone else going off on he was born in Kenya and all this other nonsense. And I'm right. Like, <laughs> I, you become it, it, it's the polarization of society. Yeah, and you're like, I mean, you're you're the the biggest example. You're either red or you're blue. Well, if you even, don't agree with me because I like guns, then you must be a. But I don't. But I think it's worse than that. I'm not even talking about that. You're right, but I'm not even talking about that. I'm talking about the, the about the absolutism of facts that the polarization works from. Yeah. So an example yeah. is that this weapon is an assault weapon. And now both sides are arguing on whether or not I should have an assault rifle or not. Nobody's questioning about the fact, like, why it's, it's not an assault, it's not an assault rifle. You know, like, it's not right. that. Like, can we get to the base facts on it? Like, it's it's that sort of thing where you're like, oh, well, it's a it's a hate crime to, to misgender somebody. And you're like, whoa, 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 whoa. The state should never be in the business of telling me what I should say and shouldn't say. Like that's 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 the issue here. But everyone's yeah. but everyone's arguing on every issue from a false set of facts. And the cathedral, the the government, the the the, the corporate press, they're the ones that write those facts, and everyone works from. I think that's the hardest part. And they use social media as the amplification and just and really the Correct. kind of um, and, and you can yeah like the certification for lack of a better word of those facts. And when they're probably when they're not facts. Correct, and you see this all the way down because, like I said in, at the start of the of the episode, is that my city wrote a press release and the local newspaper ran it as though it was facts, using that as the baseline, and those <laughs> were the facts that everybody then argued from. Right? Is this how, how did how should he? What should we do about him having these records that he hacked? You're like, whoa, 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 whoa! Yeah, stop! Hold on! Wait, wait, wait! Back up! We have to first adjudicate the fact of what hacking is. 
Right. And second of all, whether it was even applicable, what you're even are alleging even applies here, but they got in front of a judge and said that and the judge bought it because they're trying to baffle them with BS. Right. And that's where I run into a problem where you go, we aren't even arguing the same theory anymore. We aren't even arguing the same facts anymore. We're, we're not even talking past each other. We're talking in separate universes half the time. And that's what's so frightening. And I think, again, it's that homogenization of everyone seeing the same thing in the same links. I mean, I remember, yeah. and this is stupid, but I remember back in the day, and it, my wife and I have been together, let's see, in April, we've been married for 10 years. So this October, we have been together for 22 years. When we first started getting together, we were on the internet, what have you. I remember you'd see sort of proto memes. You know, you'd see different pictures or whatever stupid things or far side comics you hadn't seen before, whatever the case may be. And you go, hey, have you seen this? Or hey, have you read this? And you're like, ha ah. And you're like, no, because you live in a different universe than I do on the internet. Like my wife was on live journal and, you know, fanfic sites and anime sites, which I had no interest in. And I was on nerd stuff and comic stuff and things she had no interest in. And whenever I saw something that sort of cross genres in my group, I'd show it to her. It's sort of like being a 4chan nerd. Like that's the only place you can go for this stuff anymore. But now even that stuff has become so mainstreamed with Reddit and everything else that she'll show me a meme or something or a video like, oh, look at this. I'm like, yeah, I saw that three days ago. <laughs> like, yeah, cool story. Like I've seen this already. Like this, there's nothing new. And I think that's yeah. what we're, we're more running into a problem. I mean, to take it back to the press, I mean, that's that issue where everything's the same. Everything's homogenized. Right. Everything's that if it bleeds, it leads clickbait story. You've got Matt Walsh the last two days railing on banning pornography because he, you know, he needs people to click on his link. He needs people to be driven to his site. And he may believe that he may not. He, I, I think he probably believes it. Well, what, was the, what was the one that I just saw today? The, uh, the, uh, the vegan, um, influencer who went on a meat diet for 30 days and now is suddenly feeling healthier than she's felt in forever and just sh shaking and making waves i mean yeah. got to get the attention somehow yeah right? and every and that's and that's the other danger that we have in our, our our media like so the blog that i wrote for didn't monetize anything ever like we never had ads we never had anything on there and then i look at the podcast i was trying to do and i was like well I'd like to make money on it, but the problem there is like, you, how do you how do you even do that in this corporate world where everything's you censored? You can't yeah. really because you have this issue where you've got like, okay, so there's a guy named the with a, with a guy named Jeremy who runs a site called the Quartering, and on Twitter he's been having a spat with uh, the social network Gab Gab Trends, right. and they're going back and forth because Gab banned porn basically because their 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 payment server told them to ban porn or they weren't getting any money anymore. They used to be a terrible place full of pornography and anime, hentai and whatnot. Now all of a sudden they've, they found Jesus when, it, when, when, the pay, when their paycheck was threatened and they've been going back and forth. Well, the quartering put out a video on YouTube and he didn't use the word pornography. Why? They're like, ha ha, you believe in free speech but you wouldn't use this word. He's like, hey, idiots. That's because if I use this word, my video will be demonetized because the auto filters will grab that and mm -hmm. shut it down. That's what I love so much about Mad Magazine is they never accepted any advertising. It was mm -hmm. strictly subscriptions, strictly newsstand sales, and they could say whatever they wanted, Correct. and they did. Correct. And that was... And, but I don't think we have that type of culture where people have those sensibilities anymore. Oh. Just think of this vegan blogger who decided to, yeah, I'm going to eat meat for a month and... See if I feel any better, and then all of a sudden, is it was it a she? I think she, it was a she. I think it was. Um, oh, was she, it? She I'm, became an apostate. Yeah, yeah, basically, right? Because yeah. veganism, like most isms, in my opinion, are religious in oh, their in oh, how they are manifested. But now you're beholden to these subscribers, right? Um, who now have refused to be ideologically challenged or or challenged in any way, any way, shape, or form. 
And so now you're kind of beholden. So it's almost like the subscription service still still does work if you want to be pure and if you uh, if you have a I guess a relationship with your customer or your subscriber, so to speak. That hey, I'm gonna say some things you don't like, and you can always walk right. You can always cancel your subscription and stuff like that. But like a lot of people are beholden. You have to, to have not only the algorithm but to the, to the subscription service because people are so ideologically well for like not polarized. I mean, you're just my myopic. Well, you have to have F, um, you have to have fu money to be able to get away with it. You have to be you know Joe Rogan or, or Dave Rubin or somebody who's who's Elon big. Musk. Yeah, yeah, Elon Musk. <laughs> somebody who's big enough to where you can just say, you know what, I don't care. Like it's okay. Like when Dave Rubin left, I think when he finally left Patreon, he was when he sh I was watching the live stream when he shut it off. I think he was making ten thousand dollars a month on Patreon. And that's after like 60% of its subscribers had already left. Like he'd already convinced them to leave, to leave Patreon. And like when you've got that level of income and you can say whatever you want, awesome. But most people don't approach that. So we all know, oh, if I want this to go on iTunes or I want, or whatever they call it now, Apple Podcasts, <coughs> or I want this to go on SoundCloud or I want this to go on YouTube, I have to worry about what I say because maybe I do want it to be monetized. Maybe I do want to make a few dollars on this. Maybe oh, and, and, and God forbid you say something now when you're in the freedom moment. But then later, try oh, to oh, you, it. Get, you get Kevin Harted. Yeah, you know what was that Dave Chappelle thing? Is Kevin Hart was three tweets away from being a perfect person. Right. You, know? <laughs> <laughs> you know, right? That's kind of what we and Gary have discussed. <laughs> yeah, Patreon, but like, geez, you know, what are they going to do when the when the we okay we conform to the the platform's you know content requirements, so to speak, right? What if that changes? And it will. Right. Yeah. You know. It's a cultural thing. It really, we, me and Gary say this all the time. It's a cultural thing. Right. Right. It's, you know, like I want to be able to say whatever the F I want whenever the F I want to. Right. But yeah, it's a different podcast. You, it isn't this one. You can't play. Um, right. Because you want to be on iTunes and podcast. Well, you can't play Google comedy. Podcasts. I don't know where we are. Yeah. You can't play comedy from the 90s today. Without, like early Chris Rock, Richard Pryor, Bill Hicks, George Carlin, any of that stuff, you will get completely destroyed nowadays. You, none of that's acceptable anymore. You know, you can't. Jimmy I remember. I remember listening. Eddie Murphy is apologizing for like oh, delirious and raw. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, but he'll still make sequels for all the movies that that got him. You know, yeah. yeah, well, because yeah, well, you're right. He has the F. He, yeah, no, no, because he's a hypocrite. He'll he used delirious and raw to get Beverly Hills Cop, and now he's going back to make number four. You know, well, uh, is that a Rock, go? I've heard. Yeah, it, it is. It is. He's making that. And, and I think coming to America too was being made also. Uh, oh yeah. I right. heard about that. Yeah, too. So let me get this right. So delirious and while we're terrible. So I think uh fruit of the poisonous tree, anything you got from those should be given back, which means you can't make Beverly Hills cop four because Beverly Hills cop was based on those comedy specials and based on your popularity from those comedy specials. So go away. <laughs> but yeah, I think that's, um, yeah. Yeah. Any other, any other yeah I think, I, yeah, I think, yeah, yeah. I think we've thoroughly, fact that modern well, so this creeps into modern tech this creeps into Absolutely. all the things that Absolutely. me and gary rail about all the time and it's just conformity it's just uniformity and the fact that the matter is that people are more than willing to allow the state to do whatever they want to whomever they want and have the cognitive dissonance to, to be mad about i mean god forbid well what if certain platforms are deplatforming people who do porn well, I think the issue that we need to get to, to people to understand is that one, if you believe in freedom, you believe in freedom in general, and it should be an absolute. And two, you need to believe in you need to believe in that sort of Voltaire principle. You need to believe in the idea that people are going to do things you don't like, and there should be ways to solve those that we can work on. But you also have to be consistent. I mean, I hate the idea that we live in this world where everyone gets mad because 
one side does something. I mean, this when you have, and, and I hate, and I also hate the what aboutism argument. We're like, well, I hate what about, no, no, no. It's a legitimate ar- uh, critique where you're like, whoa, 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 wait. We're going through this whole shenanigans with, with Trump right now, but would we have gone through that if, if, would the same people have gone through this under different circumstances? We already know the answer factually is no, because we have video yeah. of Nadler and Pelosi and everyone else talking about how they just want to take away our vote. They want to redo the election back when Bill Clinton was being impeached. You know, they yeah. just, oh, they just want to do this, that, the other thing. Like they, we had them on the same people today yeah. with yep. the exact opposite stance with similar circumstances because the lines have been switched. And I think that's what we need to get away from. To your point earlier, mm-hmm. Gary, is that that hyper-partisanism is one of the most dangerous things we have. And I think that coupled with the sort of the corporate press mentality of adjudicating what facts are okay to be admitted into the social evidence is where things get so dangerous. Yeah. I mean, I think that's where the risk are we, the risks that we have. And it, and it ends up causing this chilling effect where very few people, I mean, if you do a search, Orange County has three and a half million people, do a search for how many independent blogs there are, how many independent news outlets there are. OC Weekly just shut down. Well, they were corporatized anyways, but they <laughs> shut down. You've got Voice of OC, which is independent, but they're reliant on donations and a board of trustees for funding, so they have to be careful what they do. You've got uh, Friends for Total Orphan's Future. I think you've got one out of uh, maybe Huntington area, maybe. I mean, there's only uh, the Beachcomber, I think, is actually Long Beach. There's uh, the Orange Juice blog, which is Anaheim-based. Uh, there And there's one of the, and a bunch of them that are corporate-run. A lot of local blogs are actually run by corporate entities. You know, and it's that problem. that yeah. So it's this chilling effect that nobody wants yeah. to step out of line. Yeah, whatever happened to let a thousand blogs blow? Uh, Google, I guess, yeah, because there was all this consolidation. Google bought the, Blogger. That's what happened. Yeah. So Google bought Blogger back in 2003, I believe, and just killed half of it. Yeah. So. And WordPress is a, is, is a big, huge... It's 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 been absorbing small microblogging platforms and <laughs> blogging platforms for the last decade quietly. WordPress Tum- is pretty huge. Tumblr, even right, in, WordPress just bought yeah. Tumblr, but Tumblr was bought by Verizon for one point one billion dollars, and then they kicked all yeah. the not safe for work stuff off, and then sold it for three million. Oh, that's a ninety nine point seven percent loss of revenue. That was clever on the on Verizon's part or, or Yahoo's part. I think it was the one that did that. Yahoo, no, remember it was Yahoo. Yeah, yeah, okay, yeah. Yahoo is where startups went to die. Yeah, it was yeah. and then you pretty had, much. All those platforms sort of died off, and then you had, yeah, WordPress was the only one standing, and they're, you know, they have their own issues. I mean, they're server side; you can do it on your own site, your own hosting, yeah. so they don't—they have no control over anything. But you have to know how to run it. You have to know how to set the site up and everything else. And yeah, it, yeah. And I—I'm the 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 more the technology, yeah, so to speak, or the more sophistication of the platform increases, the further away from the stuff I used to be able to do with WordPress blog, my WordPress blog, relativeprogress.com. Uh, the less I can do, right? I mean, if you look at it today, it's not nearly as good as it is because you've got to know front. Well, and, and, and uh, the, the harder thing technology gets and the more people demand of it, the harder everything is. But I think <clears> I think maybe we'll see a turn, a, a corner turn. I hope so. I hope that Facebook dies and I hope that, you know, Twitter starts, or I hope YouTube eats it. I want Google to die also, just to have something else in its place. I think if something were that, I, I'd want to see decentralization, secession as it were, I'd like to see some internet secession happening so we could actually get to those more localized networks to where there's yeah. less, less control. Um, I think, and I think we'll get back to that. I think in time, I think technology routes around damage, which has always been the adage of in the, in its more techno, this techno utopian libertarian early days of the 2000s. We'll get back there. And I think, but I think it's going to take, unfortunately, more cases like yours. And people, hopefully people like us and additional folks that, you know, get you on, they actually tell your story to be like, hey, 
this is happening. Maybe there might be a turning point. Um, we, I, I don't know. I, it, it's going to look, it's going to be dark before the dawn. I'll just have to, I'll just have to tell everybody that now because we've been here before from a, cause I'm a, his, you know, I studied a lot of te- technology history when I was an undergrad. It, 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 this consolidation will continue until such point as either antitrust kicks in, which I think unfortunately that's what we'll get, or someone else will come along that we don't know of to change the paradigm. And I, I, I hope it's decentralization. I hope it's at, I hope it's in the form of blockchain. I hope there are new platforms like Gab, even though Gab went all paleo on us. I don't understand when the hell that happened. Um, blockchain, but, um, ba- blockchain, blockchain backed torrent based microblogging. That, that's what we need something like that. Boom. There you go. <laughs> I've always, I've always wondered, right. I actually, I actually put that out there. And I think I had a line about this one time too. It's like, why couldn't we just use like BitTorrent as like the internet protocol for delivering websites? And he actually, I think he pointed me to something where there it was a kind of uh, BitTorrent based uh, or torrent based like decentralized. I don't know if it was blockchain enabled like internet where you had like you didn't the server wasn't hosted on one central server. Uh, it was distributed across kind of like a torrent, like across everyone who was subscribed to the network in one way, shape or form sharing up, uplink and downlink so that you could get two sites on that. Yeah. I mean, it's, that's it's, still it's, a technological, yeah, it's there's still some technological hurdles associated with that. But I mean, I see that as a future. Yeah. We all have supercomputers in our pockets. We can figure it out as long as the state isn't get involved. That's true. But yeah, yeah <laughs> there you go. With, we can do it. You know, we'll but we'll be, there. we'll be speaking over the coming, um, coming months as we get into next year about this. This antitrust thing, I mean, the antitrust cases have a tendency to be, well, they're all in all negative, but they do tend to um, force paradigm shifts. Microsoft was literally in, uh, completely unstoppable until the Justice Department was started going after it. That gave them enough opportunity to take their eye off the ball, and that's when we got Google. And, um, and you know, to a certain extent, like Walmart and getting beat up in the press all day long, and, um, you know, now we have Amazon. Pe- someone will come. It's, you know, hopefully it's more, a lot, lots of someones. Yeah. But, yeah, we'll have to see. Yeah. All right, fellas, it's been, what, 217? Oh, my, oh, my marker. Yep. As, uh, as much as I'd like to nerd out on this, we'll have to try to tell Ryan or, or, or Cam to split this up and make it a two-part series and yeah, stuff because there was some really good stuff displayed <laughs> here. And I, I, I've been... I've been chomping at the bit to talk to Joshua. Thank God we did because, wow, man. Yeah, and we'll be following deal. it close. I just, mean, just, remember, just, just remember, don't click links you aren't uh, expressly no. told you can oh click because then you're a, a hacker under federal law. Just, uh, just... Where do I really? file? Uh, really, even if, she sends, even if she sends... No, I'm sorry, brother. That's cr- <laughs> uh, sorry, I just saw a comment on Gab. Like, that's crazy. That's just crazy. <laughs> <laughs> All right, you guys. Okay. Thanks again. All right, man. Yeah. So thanks again, Joshua. That that has been, thank you for your server. Extra long, super nerdy, slightly philosophical. Yeah. Let's call it even a little bit of conspiratorial version. Yeah. Please come back as soon as possible. I am at Nick way on Twitter and Gary, what are you at Liberty and bruise? What about you, Joshua? Do you got a handle or something? Well, plug, plug away, man, while we can. So yeah, Twitter's at Hourly Struggle, uh, Facebook, Hourly Struggle as well, HourlyStruggle.com. Again, all the court documents, if you're interested in the case, are uh, at the uh, HourlyStruggle.com. And that's, uh, I think that's about it.
Yeah, I'm, I'm not going to plug my Instagram because it's all just cats and you know, whatnot. So. Sometimes you got to get away from the deep, you know, from the court cases and deep philosophical discussions about, you know, the evils of the state. And sometimes you just want to see kitties. Yeah, pretty much. Pretty much. Mm, no doubt. All right. Thanks for having me. All right. That's it, fam. We're out. All right. Uh, see you next episode. <laughs>